Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty, alongside Dave. Hello. John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. Hello. Hello all. How are we all doing? That was a fancy intro. I know. <laughs> yeah, I um, Yeah, I might have uh, looked up some tutorials this week uh, and taught myself some new skills. Because, um, you know, what else do you do when you, you've got nothing else in the evenings apart from either playing Xbox or do something like this so you know whenever dave last week decided play play, to play xbox well, well play xbox need to explain what happened well for the podcast listeners rather oh, than yeah video <laughs> yep good point so last week um the, the decision was made by um by 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 the part well dave and, and john mostly um that we'd record because we moved over to a new a streaming platform uh, we would record the episode for the first time um and just chuck it up on youtube just for anybody who wanted to watch slash listen I, yeah watch because it's youtube so it's visual um so uh, as, as well as recording the podcast as normal we decided to put up the video um and as as the, as the week was going on last week came around and i was thinking to myself you know it just it didn't you know it needs a video or something it needs a video or two a little bit of you know some assets it didn't and pop didn't pop it didn't have the right look to it so for anybody watching on youtube um and this is for the podcast this is gonna get confusing so for anybody listening on the podcast if you look at the youtube channel you will see we have new like assetty things um with like a nice you can you can see where john ford sleeps at night which is kind of weird yeah and, um yeah. calm down single bed there i quite happily sleep next door in the double bed thank you very much Oh. Is this your office? My wife doesn't space? hate me that much yet. Yeah, this is the office space slash Xbox room slash brother-in-law's room. Right. When he's here, he's in Newcastle. But when he's not here, it's my space. Well, it's my uh, safe space. Obviously, after last week's recording, and I was watching part of it back, I realized I had a lot of junk behind me over here. Wait, this is yeah here. Um, so I, <laughs> I've put up. I've now put up the door fourteen. Um, jersey behind me now is a nice backdrop, and I have my nice on air thing here. So, yeah, there we go. This is this it's is great. outstanding audio for the podcast. <laughs> it's great um, <laughs> to, for the podcast for the uh, two, listeners. Two, for the two people that watch it on YouTube, hi everybody. You um, Twenty-seven views from an unadvertised video. It wasn't bad. Well, it's, it could be better, <laughs> but it's fine. <laughs> I don't mean. Um, guys, uh, how's it going? Let's continue as normal, like we normally do our podcast, and forget about the fact we're being recorded. Um, how's it going, John? How you doing? Awful. Oh. Um, got my COVID COVID booster on Tuesday, and I've spent the last two days feeling like just warmed up garbage. Mm. Um, today was has been the worst. Didn't sleep like a wink last night. And yeah, feel feel like absolute garbage. And we went to the cinema last night and I came back and between us going to the cinema and getting back home, hockey's just seems to be slowly going off again. Which so. which we will we will be getting probably be our main story when we go into period one. We have a, a lot to talk about there, um, and I'm sure we all have our thoughts and opinions on it. Aaron, you were also giving a wee cough there. You're not feeling hundred percent either today. <laughs> Yeah, so like, 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 totally everyone should go out and get their blister jabs. <laughs> but oh, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, the two two guys that recently got their blister jab, I got mine yesterday, and yeah, starting to feel feel it. I actually feel we were out for a few uh, 
bevies on Saturday night. Um, and I feel worse today than I did on Sunday morning. Oof, not good, because we know how bad you were on Sunday morning when you texted and said. Uh, Dave, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Um, Yay, crazy. someone's good! Yeah, yeah I, ha- I I have the benefit of having my booster last week, and I'm absolutely fine now. I only had maybe one bad day after it, but uh, it's the same as when you get the flu. You just feel a bit rotten for for sort of a 24-hour period, and then you're, you're grand. Yeah. Um, so let's, yeah, let's be fair. Like the, the podcast is totally resting on the shoulders of Marty and Dave here because, yeah, it's just... The, <laughs> so, the upbeat feel of the podcast is not coming so from no, me. No, di- no, no difference then? <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, guys, I'm going to get stuck in. As I, as I mentioned, we have a lot to talk about in this episode, and um, we, we want to get into period one as soon as we can. Obviously, to talk about some of those, some of the breaking stories that have happened over the last 24 hours. Um, but what we'll do is we'll start with what we normally do and look at the standings across the Elite League as well as across in the NHL, uh, starting here in the Elite League um, in the UK. So, starting off, uh, top of the league, sitting uh, with 16 games played and 26 points is the Sheffield Steelers, followed by Belfast in second place with 15 games played and 20 points Cardiff in third with 16 games played and 19 points Guildford are in fourth with 18 games played and 19 points Nottingham in fifth with 14 games played and 16 points Manchester in sixth with 17 games played and 16 points uh, Dundee in seventh with 17 games played 13 points uh, Glasgow in eighth with 11 games played and 11 points Coventry in ninth with 13 games played, 11 points. And holding up the league then is Fife Flyers with 17 games played and 10 points. Um, So two weeks removed from our last recording. Um, Things certainly look a lot different when it comes to the league standings. Apart from, let's be fair, the top of the league. Sheffield still holding that top spot. Um, Dave, let's go with you first. Um, You know, all change again with positions. Last week, last podcast recording, we were looking at Guildford standing stronger in second and, and, and Cardiff in third and Giants were sitting down and I think it was like sixth or something the last time we were all together. Um, Your thoughts now? Yeah, um, yeah it, it was uh, obviously a phenomenal weekend for the Giants uh, getting the four points was pivotal. I think uh, if it hadn't have went that way, there would have been a lot of questions asked. Um, and it's it's really shone a bit of a light on Nottingham. Um, you don't expect uh, that sort of performance from what should be one of the top teams in the league. Um, now we now know that they're uh, they have their own issues, which we'll talk about later. Um, but it's. Uh, it was a bit of a breath of, breath of fresh air for the Giants that uh, last weekend. Um, as I said, without that, there would have been a lot of questions being asked. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, I, I think there, there was um, obviously coming off such a bad weekend the pre- previous week. Um, you know, it's good to kind of see um, or kind of a bit of a resurgence um, from our point of view in terms of obviously being Belfast fans. I suppose, um, John, let's go move to, over to you in terms of, you know, that middle pack now, Guildford, Nottingham and Manchester sitting there. Obviously, Nottingham and Manchester haven't really changed too much since our last recording two weeks ago, but Guildford dropping down slightly a bit there. Um, obviously haven't played more games. Uh, what's your thoughts there? Uh, it's interesting to see Guildford. I, I thought they were looking quite strong. I thought they were going to stay solidly up there in that top three. Um, but a good run of form from a couple of teams has seen them slip to solidly mid-table. Um, Nottingham and Manchester, like you said, not much change in there. Um, Nottingham... I, I've seen them twice now over the last few weeks, uh, once in Glasgow and then once this last weekend uh, here in Belfast. And 
I've got to be fair, I'm not impressed by that Nottingham team uh, at all. It's it's not the Nottingham of years before. Mm. Um, and Manchester, haven't seen them yet, so can't really talk too much uh, to that team and what they're looking like. But certainly the numbers, um, 17 games played and 16 points, as opposed to Nottingham, who have three games in hand over them on the same points. That's, that's not a great uh, points return for the games played. No, it really isn't. It isn't at all. Uh, and Aaron, um, lastly, um, you know, obviously that bottom end of the table, um, Glasgow obviously behind on on games compared to everybody else. Obviously, sitting only with seven, eleven games played and eleven points, which is uh, an okay turnaround, I suppose. Um, they've still got a good six games mm. or so in hand, but we've still got Coventry and, and Fife, I suppose, still down there uh, fighting it out. Especially Fife, um, haven't played the most games in the league and with the least amount of points. Concern there. Um, I think it's it's interesting when we talk about all of the the other parts of the the, the league, um, from top to middle. Like it's it does feel quite a bit of a change going on around here. You know, Sheffield at the top, Panthers in the middle. The bottom just is is it not just the same as normal? To be honest, you know, it's it's just the same old, same old. Um. I do feel really bad for the Fly Fires. They they just seem to have a really bad run of form. I do agree with Glasgow clan. It's not a bad result. You once they um, follow up in those games, you can see them moving up the table a little bit. Um, but five flyers, man. Yeah, agreed. It's, John, yeah. what are you? What are your thoughts on the on the flyers? I mean, I I've spoken about it, and we are going to touch a little bit on the Flyers. Um, I think in period one, oh, yeah. um, it's, it's a team in disarray uh, again. No and to be fair, we normally towards before a season starts, and just probably before the season ends, we tend to see the fans absolutely up in arms to see it this early in the season. The way that it is at the minute, it's it's pretty bad. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we'll we'll see how things turn around there. Probably, I don't want to say it, but I don't think it'll be much change around. Um. Obviously, as you say, John, we we have got a a bit of a topic to talk about. Um. Come period one, so we will leave it for the end to talk about that. And I think, I think I'm right in saying I think there's not much more to say at this point. Um. In terms of the standings, because we do have quite a bit to talk about. Um. Coming up, so if we'll leave it there and we'll move across the pond over to the NHL and just have a quick look. Well, well, one thing I would say is it's yeah, it's good to see Sheffield so well. Like I far prefer to see Giants up there to be fair, but but uh, a bit of a change of pace. Um, seeing Sheffield up there, so I, I guess yeah, the argument could be made. I, I guess yeah, the argument could be made. You know, obviously over the last four or five years, um, ex take out the COVID year, four or five years anyway, um we have seen a very dominant top of the league between either the Giants or Cardiff, I suppose. So you're right. Yeah. Um, I suppose for, for the Sheffield fans in Sheffield, I'm sure they are delighted at this resurgence of form, this bounce back of form after having a number of years where they've maybe struggled in. Um, and I, I guess you're right. It's, it's, it's refreshing, I suppose for those Sheffield fans to kind of feel that uh, almost that kind of like new hope that, they're back on the back and form. They're back on the bounce, and there's a, a possibility for a league title. It's not. It's probably not going to happen. Was that, was that supposed not. to be a Star Wars reference, by the way? Um, no, but if it was, perfect, great, even better. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I agree. It's I suppose it, yeah, and definitely if you're a Sheffield fan, you can't be bad for it. You can't be. You can't be complaining at all. All right, 
Um, we're going to move across the pond then and look at the NHL standings and starting off in the Eastern uh, Conference from the Metropolitan Division um, with the not, the New York Rangers sitting top uh, with 29 games played and 41 points, followed by Washington in second with 29 games played and 41 points and Carolina in third with 27 games played and 39 points. Uh, Aaron, your Philadelphia Flyers are sitting there in sixth with uh, 27 games played and 26 points. I'll come back to you in a few minutes and you can tell us your thoughts. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um <laughs> Moving over to the Atlantic Division, Toronto sit top with 30 games played and 42 points, followed by Florida with 28 games played and 40 points, and Tampa in third with 28 games played and 40 points. Uh, two games in hand over the Toronto Maple Leafs there, so we'll come back to that too. Uh, looking at the Western, uh, com- the Western Conference and Central Division, uh, Minnesota Wild are sitting top. Uh, 28 games played, 39 points, followed by St. Louis with 29 games played and 37 points, and Colorado in third with 26 games played and 36 points. Uh, John Nashville are in 20, uh, fourth place with 28 games played and 35 points. Again, boys, I'll come back to you and we'll have a chat about that in a few seconds. And looking at the last uh, Pacific Division, the last division to look at, and it's Anaheim sitting in first with 31 games played and 39 points. Calgary are in second with 28 games played and 36 points, and Vegas are in third with 28 games played and 34 points. Um, as we say, uh, and we reiterate every time um, and every, uh, every, every, well, I suppose currently, shall we say, um, we, you know, it's early days still um, in the NHL. Um, league doesn't really matter there for anybody who's listening from the UK and doesn't really aware. League's not a big thing there. Uh, we're looking at the Stanley Cup playoff run, run um, and obviously we're, when it comes to around February, March time, we'll we'll be getting a bit more into it, a bit more excited about where people are standing and what the wild card spots, etc., are. Um, wild card spots at the moment are currently held by, for well, I suppose in the eastern side it's Pittsburgh and Detroit, and in the western side it's currently Nashville and Edmonton. So, um, yeah, it will change a lot. So, uh, there's no real point looking at that right now. Um, let's as promised, I'm going to come back and get your thoughts. So, Aaron, um, we're going to start with you as I mentioned. You, um, you get use for you guys first. Um, you you give us your thoughts at the weekend. Albeit with a bit of drink in you, but um, your thoughts at the moment um, around the, the Flyers and and their their, their performance to date. I have no idea what I said at the weekend. Um, <laughs> okay, it's right, fresh then. It's all right. Be fresh for you then. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah, we had a quite a bad run of form there uh, fairly recently. But to be honest, I feel like we have the same conversation every season. You know, there's always a either a run of form or a run of bad form, and we're on this run of bad form. Um, so that was what ten ten games lost uh, in a row. Um, you might have seen we made some changes. Um, <laughs> so uh, we now have Mike Yo um, as our interim room. coach. <laughs> yeah, heck. Um, so, uh, yeah, and fair enough, not the day of, not this next game, but after that, we've won three on the trot. Um, so, you know, we're going to win the Stanley Cup, is what I'm basically saying. Clearly, you're going to at least get, <laughs> you, might get you might get one of those wild card spots, you never know. Dave, uh, your thoughts? I mean, obviously you're 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 running high there in terms of like you know your first place. You're sitting first yeah. place. It's been quite a good performance so far from Minnesota Wild this season. Yeah, eight wins, two losses in the last ten games. So it's been a, a bit of a run. Um, they had eight in the trot there, and but they lost two in a row uh, in the last few two games. So like it's been um, it's been a change for the Wild. The Wild's a very different team than they were last year. Um, a lot of new bodies, a um, lot of younger guys, um, made some uh, 
quite nice trades over the last year or so that have, have starting to pay dividends. Um, um, obviously, um, Kipper um, coming in Krill with a big uh, uh, big markers, uh, Fiala as well uh, starting to pay dividends. So, um, and then we lost the big uh, the big um, cap space from Freze and so it's then. Uh, New Year, proper New Year, it feels like a different team, um, and it's a bit. They're a lot more interesting to watch. Um, there've been a few years where it was getting a bit stale, um, and hopefully that pays off. Um, the it's still not a full rebuild. Um, the Wild have suffered from being mid-table for the last twenty years, you know. So it's trying to keep that, um, try and change that, trying to take it to the next step, or go into rebuild and do it properly. Um, you know, suffer a few losses, make the trades of the bigger names, and maybe start investing in youth. But we'll we'll see as the year goes on. Um, I don't think I expected them to be doing just as well at this point in the season. That could all change um, as the as it goes on. So. I was going to say I don't I don't remember them doing so well in a season recently. A couple of seasons Which back, is... they were, were, would have done like um, they they would around this time of year they would have done really well, and then they would have sort of collapsed as it gets into the into the playoffs. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, um, but not leastly, John. Yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, the Preds, been a, a bit a bit similar to what um, Aaron was saying. You know, it's been a bit of a whiplash kind of effect this this season with the uh, with the the Preds as well. It's been kind of like a bit of a hit and miss kind of season so far. Uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, it has. You're 100 right. The start of the season looked fantastic. Uh, the to call it the middle portion of where we are now, uh, there would seem to be a bit of a collapse uh, run of losses altogether but now team's coming good again uh, Saros with a shutout win the other night um, you go back a couple of games you had Forsberg with a four goal game uh, which is his I think he gave an interview said it was his first four goal game since he was in Peewee um, and yeah the, the team looks like they're going good they're going for a, a sixth win on the trot tonight um, so can only see where it goes but we're sitting in fourth in the central division right now and we win tonight and you could see us we'd be up to at least third we would uh, jump over colorado i don't think we would go over st louis uh into the uh, into second place there behind the wild but uh yeah that's it's looking good so far uh, as long as we make playoffs that's all i'm really looking for I think that's probably the the, sen- the sentiment from everyone. Um, you know, obviously we're always looking towards that that playoff spot. Um, I suppose from my take, what about you? What about you, Marty? I was, yeah, I was going to say Leafs about, I was about to say, top, top yeah, of the Atlantic Division. I mean, they they had a bit of a rocky start. You know, it was quite a few um, losses there, and they kind of panning up. But the the really found form. Uh, Sheldon's obviously found some form of like second drive there um, at the start of the season and things have started to, to look up and started to move forward I guess um, I, I seen the tail of the tape there the other day it was obviously they were looking uh, obviously it was Con- it was the big fight between Connor Matthews and um, Austin Matthews or sorry Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid over the weekend it was like a tail of the tape of like you know the two top point scorer and top goal scorer of the league you know coming against each other this past weekend and it was a good match it was a good game as usual and stuff and i think my main concern at the moment and it was one of you guys had sent it in our in our chat a group chat was the uh if we we're sticking with our evander kane watch 
Um, the, I was, was about a, to. I was about to bring this up. I was checking. Yeah. I was checking the the running order to make sure it wasn't in the wasn't running there. order. It's, <laughs> it was kind of a rumor thing that hasn't really went anywhere. But at the start of the last week, there was a rumor that uh, Toronto were looking at the possibility of Vander Kane. Um, I was like, what? After I was talking about a li- how liability, how much of a liability is. But there we go. Maybe maybe Sheldon feels like he can he can mold him in a better way that he's going to be a, maybe a better a good boy up in Canada. I don't know. Um, but at least we'll know. So there's been nothing more of that. There's nothing. Been no, no more inklings. No more rumors. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. No. Um, so we'll just. It's more of a, a time will tell. Let's wait and see kind of thing. See what happens. So, um, guys, I think that's it for our, our preamble, shall we say, our pre-game um, warm up. Um, if you are happy, what we'll do is we'll get stuck straight into our period one of hockey, as we have a lot to talk about. Okay, period one is a roundup of stories um, that are catching our attention locally in the UK, um, Elite League, NIH, NIHL, whatever it might be, Scottish Ice Hockey League, whatever, which we do have, I think, a follow-up story about last week. But we're going to start off with our main story, which is obviously the story that's been, I suppose, came up in the last 24 hours. Um, uh, as, as, as I think, John, you put out a tweet um, from our account earlier today or yesterday saying about how we were at the cinema last night. And as we came out of the cinema, this story was obviously broken already. Um, but as of... Um, yesterday evening or last night quite late on um the elite league had put a statement to say that the belfast giants dundee stars nottingham panthers have all been placed into the elite league's covid19 protocol on wednesday this means that the following elite league games have been postponed so games 83 and 84 for the belfast giants versus the sheffield steelers which would have seen the top two teams play off against each other for the first time this season um we would have also seen um, at, second, oh, say, second, second, we played first time, Sorry, first time at home for us in the SSC arena is what I meant to say. Um, we also then had game eighty five between Cardiff Devils and the Nottingham Panthers, and game ninety six, which is Dundee Stars versus the Nottingham Panthers. So Dundee have our Nottingham are having a struggle there. Uh, in an update of the schedule, then the Cardiff Cardiff are going to be playing against Sheffield this coming weekend instead on the eighteenth, which will replace the fixture that they were supposed to play against Belfast. Um, I'll talk about that again in a few minutes too, because there's been a bit of development there as well with that. Um, and then obviously then there'll be more updates coming in relation to uh, Dundee rescheduled games, and Nottingham has rescheduled one of their games, as far as I'm aware. Now the one thing I will say, um, I'm going to start off with this, guys. I know John, you put the story up, but I'm going to kind of start off with some of the things that have kind of came out and you can correct me or you can add in your own bits and pieces so obviously let's start with nottingham um nottingham was the first one we had heard about in terms of potential for suspension of play as well as code protocol um they all team activity has been suspended as of monday past due to um a high influx of covid uh, positive covid cases within team and staff um they have also then suspended all activities um because they've went into um lockdown i suppose within their, the team itself which means there'd be no activities i suppose 24th of december is the date they've given um obviously they've got no games uh well they've got a couple of games obviously they've postponed but they they obviously don't have a game on the 24th um so obviously it'd be after christmas before they play again uh, but similarly we don't know how things are standing for belfast belfast have obviously cancelled the two games coming up this this next weekend 17th and 18th but they also had a game uh, at the start of next week which is, i think was either tuesday or wednesday evening of next week the 22nd i want to say or 23rd of december and um, so we don't know 
kind of where we are with that game yet. We don't know if that's going ahead or not. Um, it could be that the game. Well, decides... that's the that's the Dundee that's the Dundee game which has been postponed as well has because the... both of those teams are in COVID protocol. The Belfast Belfast and Belfast game has been postponed. Or sorry, sorry Dundee, sorry no, no, Dundee, no. not yeah. No, no, no. Sorry, I was COVID, talking, COVID yeah. brain. I told I told you beforehand. This jab's just not yeah, it's fine. completely sorry. Um, no, the the Belfast Giants obviously. Um, they had they were scheduled for next week as well um around about i think it was the 22nd as well they had guildford flames here in belfast um next wednesday so we don't know about that fixture yet um still the giants haven't come out and said anything yet about that fixture um it could be a possibility that they they decide to cancel that fixture too if there's a number of positive covid um calls and obviously if the team is still in pro um the 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 COVID protocol for the Elite League. Um, so it's really a, a time will tell, wait and see type thing that's going on there. Um, the other bits and pieces then have came out obviously from this. Obviously we had, there was a, on social media, it looked like there was quite a, a stronghold of Sheffield Steelers fans, uh, Orange, you know, the Orange Army or whatever, the, the Barmy, Orange Army, is that what they call themselves? The Barmy Army? Orange Army? The Barmy Army is the GB, isn't it? So or, the Orange Army anyway. Um, there was a contingent, a number, a big contingent of them making their way to Belfast for the double header this coming weekend. But obviously that is now off. But um, because then Sheffield are playing um, against the Cardiff Devils on Saturday, the Giants have moved quickly to accommodate and secure a location, undisclosed location to Belfast Giants fans. But um, there's a location that has been secured for um, wherever this location that they're doing is going to show the Cardiff and Sheffield game free of charge. As a, as a webcast um so they're encouraging anybody who is still coming over flying over to belfast if they want to go and watch that game to get in touch with the belfast giants or the sheffield steelers uh team and let them know rough numbers so that they can gauge how many people will be coming to that event um so that is on for any steelers fans who are traveling over to belfast um guys have i missed anything that's really, really on those that's that's I, I like that that's thinking of of their way fans and giving them somewhere to go to watch the game. I like that. I think it's just it's an acceptance from Steve Thornton. And Steve's been named uh, as being the, the person here in Belfast who has been making a point of making sure that something is sorted for these Steelers fans. Um, and it's Steve thinking, if I was a fan, if I was travelling, if I had paid for a doubleheader weekend, I paid for at least one night, maybe two nights of hotels, flights, bus and ferry, whatever it happens to be. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of it's potentially time off as well that these fans might not have to any rescheduled games mm. um and yeah it's it's a big thing that we're we're doing and let's be perfectly honest i don't think you would expect it in all of the nine other uh teams or cities around uh the elite league for for something like that to be done um and it's an acceptance as well that the the steelers aren't in the covid protocol um it's not their fault that um they can't play the games against belfast this weekend uh, not to suggest in any way that it's Belfast's fault either. I think there's one team in particular that we can lay the blame uh, down on in particular um, for all this. But um, yeah, it, it's absolutely fantastic to see accommodation being made for these travelling fans. And this is why people will continue to travel back to Belfast for these weekends is because yeah. they're made to feel like it's a, a good weekend. They're mm -hmm. valued as fans. It doesn't matter if you're an away fan or a home fan. You're valued as a fan here. Yeah, let's let's you know let's remember back to the last time the last fiasco where the Sheffield fans travelled over and all of a sudden it was cancelled because of um if I remember correctly a a concert took place instead um 
Oh, yes. That was One Direction. Uh, yeah, the One Direction concert. It's and all it caused, Harry Styles' fault. It, it caused a lot of issues at the time. Um, so obviously this is, you know, the, yeah, I'm sure the Sheffield fans were like, no, not again. But um, guys, I've got a couple of things I wanted to ask. Um, just that kind of came into my, my head when I was reading this story and things I've been thinking about today and the different bits and pieces that I've been seeing and going up on social media. And I kind of want to get your thoughts. The first thing is we've got three teams now going into um, a protocol a you know obviously the the, the COVID nineteen protocol for the elite ice hockey league, um so that's three teams now, um I suppose we see the first question I'm going to ask and John I'm going to come to you first because we kind of had a rough chat about this last night and I know your thoughts you were quite and and for a player it made sense we seen obviously these teams are going into COVID protocols and then we seen um a member of his team yesterday decide to post on his twitter account or i suppose it was put up to say that he still went out and met fans yesterday after an event i'll I'll call it out i'll, yeah. I'll call it out by name mac mac caruth of the cardiff devils so the, the dundee stars obviously were informed while they were traveling or from what it sounds like when they were at cardiff when they were at the arena they were told that they had to go immediately into covid protocol which meant i think on the bus again and straight back to dundee um on Twitter, somebody, a fan, put out um, absolutely gutting, um, game cancelled at the last minute, but hats off to Matt Carruth for coming outside to take photos and sign stuff for fans who had queued up waiting to get in. Matt Carruth then comes out and says, sorry, couldn't stay long due to safety protocol. Why are you going outside? You've got a team that have had to cancel games with you because they've gone into the COVID protocol. More than likely because of contact that they've had from outside the team. Like the, the players are in a controlled environment and can be in a controlled environment. Matt Carruth has taken it upon himself to go out to the... I don't want to call them the Great Unwashed. Right? It's not their fault from Cardiff. But like they've, he's gone out there and potentially... And in all seriousness, like all joking aside, he's potentially put his team at risk of having to go into the COVID protocol as well. These players need to be called out on this because not only are they putting their team and their games at risk, they're putting the league at risk because we're only just back. We're only a few months in after missing a year and a half of hockey. We can see the way that things are going now with this new variant of COVID. Numbers are astronomical. Three teams out of nowhere have gone into COVID protocol. If this carries on, let's be perfectly honest, we are not going to see an entire season. We are not going to see the Elite League reach its final few weekends where all of a sudden the Challenge Cup, the league and the um, playoffs are all decided because annoyingly they all seem to be awarded within a three or four week period. We're not going to get that far. So teams and players need to start taking responsibility for this. Don't do events where players and fans are skating on the ice together, Nottingham. Uh, Devils, stop telling your, or letting your players go outside and shake hands and get selfies where they're within six inches of somebody else and potentially catching COVID and all the rest. It's totally unavoidable, or sorry, it's totally avoidable Agreed. for these people to be put in these situations and for the, the league and the games to be put at risk that way. It's I, shocking. I agreed 100%. Um, as my total thoughts as well was just it was a, a lack of I suppose sense really from from him when he decided to go out and do that. Um, and as you say, the the whole I hope that 
other teams take note of any fan interaction they had planned and have cancelled. I know a few, I've seen a few of them who have said, oh, we're sorry we've had to cancel it. Rightly so. And I think they've done the right thing. Um, Dave, I'm going to come to you next. Um, I've got a question for you in terms of, you know, obviously we've, as as, as John kind of mentioned there, and I, as, as I had said in the piece, you know, we've got three teams now um, entering the, you know, this COVID protocol. Um, you know, the concern is that when they come out of their, you know, whenever they come back into the, you know, these dream teams come back into the league and stuff and come out of that, that, period of of absence that they they hold the tool to take we still have potential that there's seven more teams in the league who haven't yet either went into protocol or could still do it obviously given there's a new covid variant and how spreadable it is so we could be seeing more teams do you feel that this is something that maybe is going to be an impact come new year yeah like um if you put it in perspective if the that's so that's three teams that's a third of the league um if you uh, if you imagine if that was the NHL, that's what ten teams. You know, that's you're, it's when you talk about thirds and look at the fractions. That's a significant amount of our league that's currently not playing, um, and I doubt it's the last. Um, I think, uh, unfortunately, I was being a bit pessimistic to start of the season. Didn't get my season ticket because um, I didn't even expect it to finish, and that was when it was good. If you know what I mean, it was like middle of the summer and there was a bit of a bounce back and everyone was sort of uh, all happy and cheery and I just didn't have that optimism um, but that was the decision I made not to get my, my season ticket because I don't think we're going to get to the end of the season um, like we expected to um, it would be lovely, i love to be pro- proven wrong um, but being pragmatic I, I didn't decide to get my season ticket so I, and I still don't think, there's nothing that's changed my mind, I still don't think we're going to get to the end of the season I would agree with you. Uh, my favorite, my favorite part of it, all of it, is if the lead doesn't go. Do you know what that means? Four times. If winner, it doesn't, yep. if, four peat. It's yep. the four peat people. <laughs> yep. Jans will have retained for four year, four four years. Um, Aaron. Um, last question. Um, before we move on from this, but um, I guess you know, as Dave was saying there, um, you know, the, the likelihood is there's still a possibility. That, you know, there could be an impact, and the season maybe doesn't end. Obviously, we've seen some rumors today of other leagues playing behind closed doors we know that doesn't really work for the elite league because of uh, revenue is a big thing in terms of um you know obviously keeping the 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 lights running i suppose for a lot of the teams um i I guess i guess the question the question here is you know um you know if there's so many a lot of games are being postponed um do you feel it'd be a, a big struggle for especially big arena teams um to reschedule those dates given you know obviously there's probably other commitments for other events in those big arenas <clears throat> yeah, of course it is, um, man. But to be honest with you, though, even even if the teams go into into lockdown, the way the news is going at the moment, they're not they announced more lockdowns for sports in in Wales, didn't they? I think you met, you, you kind of touched on that. There's there's talk there's talk of it. There's talk of sports maybe having to go behind closed doors in Wales, but that's not confirmed at the point that we're recording here at all. Mm. Oh, okay, okay. I just I heard something. I thought it was on the news this this evening. Um, no, I, I I'm yeah, not the news. <laughs> you're not the news. Oh, 
that's where I'm getting confused. I just oh. look super professional. I mean, because we're doing it on video now, it looks like the 10 o'clock news, but it's not the 10 yeah, o'clock news. Box. Yes, because right, um, right. If, for anybody who's not watching, um, you know, if you, you've seen the news, you can see that they usually have sparkly, twinkly Christmas lights uh, in the background and they have loads and of... hockey jerseys. Yeah, hockey jerseys, because that's exactly what I see whenever I look at the news. And, and a random pair of socks on the bed. <laughs> that's yeah, fair yeah. enough. Of course, if... if games get moved postponed you know we've we've got concerts coming up um it is going to be difficult to, to get them squeezed in it maybe they're not going to be home games maybe they're going to be away games can they do that can it's it's not it's not even that game? like it's not even that like you talk about the reschedule on the games but if we start seeing a rollover of games that aren't being played there is no way that we can have an equitable league because there's no way that the arena teams in particular are going to have enough free dates look at what we've had to do with the challenge cup second round already there's a month between the first and second games for the belfast giants because we can't get ice that's just gonna continue on and on and if thing, the only thing might be concerts get cancelled because acts aren't willing to go out during covid but the big problem is if covid continues on exactly what aaron was saying and the trajectory it's looking like do we even get that far mm. as rescheduling games? Yeah, yeah. And this is the problem. How how can you th- even think to finish the league if you've got games unplayed? And it just yeah. it won't happen. It's it's it does feel a bit deja vu. Um, it feels like a bit of a throwback to early twenty twenty. Um, but I suppose um, as they said that, that time, you know, time will tell and we'll see what happens. I suppose with how things start to pan out. One thing I did see today, which is quite an interesting one, um, just to finish this this bit off, and it's kind of a good thought uh, or something I thought actually it was a. It was a sensible idea that could be put into the, the elite league. Should maybe follow suit on. And I was listening to now. Don't ask me to name the 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 general. Is it, are they call are they called general managers or are they called coaches? Anyway, Premier League uh, manager. That's what it is. And um, so one of the managers for one of the Premier League teams. Don't know who he was. Don't know which team. Um, was on the radio earlier on, and they were discussing obviously about um a number of the. I think it was a couple. I think maybe two or three of the elite uh, the Premier League. Um. Uh, teams have also um ha- are, are the games aren't going to be going on this weekend. I think like Manchester was it Man United was one of them maybe isn't going on this weekend yep. or Man City or something anyway. But um there were conversations about because of COVID obviously um it has hit there too. Um and I guess one of the managers was saying well he thinks it's a smart idea that now that you're talking about taking a almost like a, a week circuit breaker for the late, for for the Premiership. Um, so just cancel all games for one week, give one week off where there's nothing happening. Let all teams no teams crossing over and meeting with each other no fans in the stands um and it also allows for all of the uh training all the training ring all the training grounds as well as all of their the the arenas or the football grounds that they're they're playing in all to get completely cleaned down properly like a proper you know like dim- like industrial clean kind of i did i suppose and that's one th- and I, I agree i totally agree i can see where he's coming from in terms of you know, he's saying, well, you know, what's happening now is we'll come back. So what's stopping, you know, if there's like seven players from Man United are getting ill and then all of a sudden they come back and then another six contracted because there's, you know, they, they're playing against teams who didn't stop. And I see what he means. If everybody stops at the same time, you maybe break that cycle. You know, and I suppose that's, that's one thing and, to look and at. That's, it's a brilliant it's a brilliant idea but again we're we're stuck in the position that we're not in the same situation as these big football I teams that. where they they have their pitches theirs um now you look at the likes of Fife Dundee to an extent um maybe Coventry like 
they get really first call on any extra days your biggest problem that we're looking at with the elite league is if we go with that if we go for a one week or a two week um sort of circuit breaker within the sport itself rather than looking at society as a whole um we're gonna end up with tuesday wednesday thursday games yeah which you're gonna get we're gonna come on to talk about crowds at games uh, we know that we're a gate-based industry, and that's not going to cut. That's not going to pay the bills for well, these teams. I was, I was even going to even. Don't worry about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday games, but just with with the way the things are going at the moment, even if they put the games on, like we see, we're seeing the news today that the 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 bar, you know, restaurants and bars are crying out at the moment because people are just cancelling. Mm. They're they're they want to go out, so. Even if they have the the games on, there's gonna be a there's gonna be a loyal few that you know no matter yep. what they're gonna go. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, will that cut it? exactly. Who knows? Um, I suppose we'll just have to wait and just see. Just because you hold a game doesn't mean people are gonna go. Exactly, the fear might be there. Yep, and it's clear that the fear is there. So. Um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. John, you um, you kind of give us a good segue. I'm going to move us on to our next story, and you did give us a bit of a good segue, and I'm going to move on to the story next. Um, and you were talking about, obviously, the gate um, and how important the gate is. Um, obviously, there's a bit of alarm bells ringing this week for a certain Scottish team. Um, do you want to take us through that? Yeah, so uh, this last weekend, um, it was unofficially um, announced that um, the attendance in Kirkcaldy dipped to a season low of 901 fans uh, for a, a game at the weekend. Um, going below 1,000, that's pretty bad. Uh, reading through uh, some details of this, the the Flyers are a team that we know fine rightly. They are a gate-based team. They are the tickets that they sell, the stuff that they sell on game nights. That is what pays the bills week in, week out. Without fans coming through the door, they have a problem. Now, Flyers are a team that have had um, issues with communicating with fans and bringing new people into the rink for a long, long time. This season, it started with things being a little bit different. The directors in charge of the team looked like they were starting to get more involved and looked like they were setting up this uh, fan uh, association and everything. As part of that, part of the details was the director came out and said that really, realistically, they need 2,000 through the door every game to break even. 901 fans across the door in a game night is not going to cut it and a point was made as well that 901 is probably below what was actually at this game because that count includes season tickets that some may not have been in their seat that night so this is incredibly worrying this goes hand in hand uh, with the fact that um, what has been kind of made a bit of a joke of over the last sort of six eight weeks uh, was the five for a club in turmoil at the start of the season they they couldn't buy a win and the announcement was made that they had brought back probably one of the biggest names in Fife ice hockey in Chase Shaber it then became the hashtag where's Chase Shaber because even though they'd signed him he never seemed to turn up it was announced last week uh, on the 9th of December that uh, Chase Shaber would not be arriving into the country and would not ice for the Flyers that now the best part of this is that the final part of the press release says no further comment will be made by the club so clearly something's happened here something's happened between Chase the club and whatever but the better part of it all was on social media the team deactivated comments so not only were they not willing to 
discuss this any further. They actually turned the comments off and that just led, we all know fine rightly what happens is things get retweeted and people start commenting on the retweets. People start commenting on the next post because they don't turn the comments off on that one. It's turned into a complete and utter debacle in Fife. Like this is, and to be perfectly honest, everyone at this point knows my history, like know where I'm from, know that I grew up watching the Flyers. This is heartbreaking to watch this club be so poor in its communication and then to see numbers dip so badly that realistically there are people asking questions. Does this team survive to the end of the season? And does this team remain in the Elite League? And I have my doubts about both, if I'm honest. COVID aside, I have my doubts about the longevity of this club now. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think um, it's definitely been alarming. Um, It's been a very difficult season for them so far but it's been alarming as well as you say um you've you you're exactly right that that unknown that feel that failure to engage with the fans or just to go as far as the turn off media social media posts and, and comments under social media was for me last week whenever i seen that i was like this is a step this is a this is a complete different like this is a complete step too far like you're you're clearly stating here you don't want to hear obviously it was going to be a negative response and we've seen that because as you mentioned people still commented on other posts but I guess they were just like, we don't want to hear anything from anyone. Um, and okay, that's fine. But, you know, you rely on your fans as, you know, for that gate. And clearly the for gate this, is... For this, if nothing else, they should have left the comments on, let the fans vent and let the fans have a discussion between themselves. Mm-hmm. Granted, 90% of those comments are going to be dragging the team, mm-hmm. but let them vent it because by... Turn, disabling the comments on it seems like such a small stupid thing to disable the comments on social media um, platforms but that's kind of had a direct input into that gate the following weekend I, i'm really sorry but it definitely has fans are voting with their feet in fife and in Kirkcaldy in particular and they yeah they're they're telling the club that they're not going to stand for it anymore can you give us an idea maybe maybe it's not podcast friendly but any ideas what type of things people are saying? What's they're sick and tired of the the direction of the team's management. Um, they admit that look, five fans have never had blinkers on when it comes to the fact that they are a low budget team. They know they're a low budget team, but they look at um, places like Dundee and they look at places like uh, Coventry and they look at places um, like even like Milton Keynes that. They're not the biggest budgets in the world, but when you get coaches like Omar Pasha, who can do brilliant things on a shoestring budget, like it's it's a no-brainer. Like, why would you continue on? Um, Todd Dutiam is taking a lot of slack or a lot of flack at the minute. Some of it, I think, is fair. I think some of it is unfair. Todd is hamstrung by he's also not, the directors. He's not very creative, he, though, unfortunately. He's not, and it's it's a problem. But been, he like, is he is hamstrung. He has directors that he, he has bosses that he has to report to. Um, same way that in Belfast, if things were getting ropey, uh, we we even saw it two weeks ago. The Giants go on a, a two two game loss streak, and some elements within the, the fan base are calling for Keith's head. Like, I mean, for a start, catch a grip. Uh, in Fife. I, I totally admit, for a few years now, Todd has been the head coach. Todd has been one of the few remaining faces in that organisation. Um, and, yeah, is it time for Todd to move on? Maybe. Is it time to bring in new thoughts on how to work with that budget? Probably. 
But the bigger problem for the fans is the directors uh, and the the head man himself, um, whose name escapes me right now. But they they want this club changed hands. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely you can clearly see that that's what they're shouting for, and um, you can see that that's what the fans are. I suppose uh, even from the comments, if you read any of the Twitter responses um, or any of the comments, you can see that they're basically just saying that it's gotten to a point now where they, they know that something needs to be done and they are concerned that Fife aren't going to be, the longevity of the club is in danger. Um, so hopefully not, but I suppose it's one, something we'll, we'll, we'll obviously see as the, the season progresses on. Um, we're going to stick in Scotland. We're going to stick with Scotland. We're going to stick with this, another story in Scotland. Um, and we obviously talked about this story last podcast and that was the the move forward where the um scottish ice hockey um formed the the original committee they're all stepped down um for 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 different reasons uh john you want you've got a follow-up for this i believe yeah so um just yesterday actually um it was announced that uh, sih has formed uh, a new committee uh the newly elected sih committee is now in place um so ice hockey uk are still um helping to prop up the game in Scotland um, until a new governing body can be set up. And this all comes back to the the rejection of uh, a unified body for the whole of the UK. Uh, the Scottish clubs voted uh, in favour um, of having a standalone Scottish governing body. The directors, uh, or the committee as they were, um, saw, for whatever reason, as we discussed in the last podcast, that they were no longer fit for purpose or that they couldn't carry on the way that they were, so they all stood down. Um, For me, one of the best things is to see some of the the names that are involved now uh, and where they're coming from, because this looks like an absolutely brilliant committee that's in place now. A couple of names that I know um, from Kirkcaldy in particular, uh, Ian Keddy. Um, when I was over a few years ago, when I got the chance uh, to uh, do a couple of interviews uh, with some players and with uh, a certain former Belfast Giants coach uh, when he brought his youth team over from North America, um, Ian was one of the people uh, with the Kestrels who uh, got me in and really, really nice guy. So it's good to see him in there as the treasurer for SIH. Um, and you've got people like Andy French who does brilliant work with um Ice Hockey UK, he's there as the Ice Hockey UK advisor to the SIH, which is uh, fantastic. Um, And a few other good names, but the the biggest thing for me is that these are names that are associated across Scottish ice hockey, which is is brilliant to see. So it's not a little clique, which I think the former committee might have been guilty of, um, especially with the hands being so involved as they were with that committee. And we've seen the hands have their own problems with the uh, issue that we saw with the racers and the comets already this season um so it's good to see a mix of names and a mix of new faces coming in uh, to really give a bit of impetus to the the next stage here so they will be moving on shortly to uh, stage two which will be the full formation of uh, a scottish governing body uh, ice hockey uk will remain uh, there to support the game until then um, but yeah, it's it's great to see that it's moving on. Admittedly, I'm in the camp that I'd like to see a unified body, um, but to keep the game going, it's good to see that this is moving on a lot faster than what I probably expected. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it has definitely moved quicker. I didn't think we'd be at the point where two weeks after the announcement was made that we would be sitting already with a, a full committee and moving forward, on obviously, towards working towards that stage two, towards later in the season, I suppose, towards the tail end of when this fe- the season finishes, um, looking at the obviously it's in the three-stage program that they've put in place obviously for the the recovery plan in terms of like how they're going to 
I suppose turn it into a, a UKY thing to include Northern Ireland as well. Um, so yeah, time will tell and we'll see how that works out. Um, but yeah, great to see. Um, anybody else got any thoughts on that before I move on to the last story? Nope. Perfect. Nope, nope. Um, the last story then is just more of a, a I suppose just to kind of make make uh, I suppose just make a statement and kind of obviously just to kind of um, reiterate some of the other notes that have been put out from a few other um, sources um, and other podcasts as well. And that was obviously the the news that broke from our last episode from our last episode since our last recording. This is, um, was the the announcement that um, Gary Moran uh, famed for for the Panthers um, long term GM there. Um, obviously. You know, one one league championship, five playoffs, eight challenge cups, uh, double IHF Continental Cup, uh, twenty twenty one elite series. If you want to include that one, um, but uh, he has been involved with the the product, the Nottingham Panthers product, in some way on or off the ice in the organization for a long, long time now. Um, has stepped down from his um his position, uh, due to a diagnosis with cancer. Um, obviously. Um, his health is uh, what comes first and foremost, and he has to battle that. Um, there's a lot of lot to get through over the next couple of weeks, and although it's in the early days, um, the we we wish him all the best. Um, we hope he, you know, for recovery. We hope that um, you know, things work out for him. Um, and I'm sure he will be seen in the arena in the near future. Um, while we're not obviously not in Panthers fans. Um, we still acknowledge the fact that he has played a major part in the elite league of and the growth of the elite league over the number these number of years. Um, you know he's been a, a vocal voice. Um, you know from Nottingham. Um, both for positive things as well as obviously some people will say some negative things too. But no matter what, he's a a figure that will be big a big miss for the Nottingham Panthers. Um, but we just wanted to touch um touch just touch upon that and, and just wish him all the best and uh hope for a speedy recovery here here okay guys um i think that is the last story for this period we do have a, a couple of oh i have um, i have one i have one very quickly and it's more of a statement than it is anything else um, for it. it's another update it's another update uh from a story that we talked about um last podcast uh and i will i will make the statement and then i will on the um what can i say on the advice of our legal counsel uh, i will make this statement uh, our legal counsel knows who he is by the way um so uh this was the story that um sheffield steelers uh deluca has departed the steelers and will be playing the rest of the season in the echl uh there will be no further statement from door 14 on the matter marty back over to you. um yes um Yes, nothing more to be said about that. Turn off the comments quickly. Obviously, there is a. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, this was obviously that was the news. Following, um, we, we know the story quite well. Um, obviously, the whole thing around recreational drug use or supposed drug use, um, and and obviously testing positive, um, is obviously linked to a potential. I don't know if it's maybe a potential ban or something was coming along, and I think maybe they just part it ways. Don't know. We'll never know. But as John says, we will we will leave that matter and we won't discuss it any further. Uh, with that we do have a couple of um, penalties that were that have happened over the last two weeks which we do want to talk about so what we'll do is before we move on to penalty uh, period two we will look at the penalty box segment wrong one (laughs) 
Okay, our penalty box segment is just looking at any uh, DOPS reviews or any um, hits or anything that comes to note um, that has been reviewed um, since our last recording. Uh, we have three to talk about. Uh, one uh, is, a, is an interesting one um, to the point where I, there's age restriction on it. If you look at it and go to YouTube, there's actually yeah. an age restriction um, because of, of, I suppose, what happens. Um, and I know, Aaron, you'll want to come to this because you... <laughs> I know you you have a few comments about the 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 fan interaction aspect of this one, um. But um, the this is based on the um this this is an incident that happened on Wednesday the I want to say the ninth um of December so last week eighth eighth, eighth Wednesday the eighth thank you very much uh so this happened last week it was the Dundee to on Cardiff Devils, um Cardiff Devils forward Brandon McNally then was assessed a major and game misconduct for fighting penalty at the end of the second period um he was an aggressor of the altercation he had no history um has never been fined or suspended by the elite league but they gave him a two-game suspension for what can only be described as a sheer I I I don't even know how to describe it. Um, John, I'll let you describe it. You did put, to be fair, you did put the story in. I'm going to let you go with it. But this was just a, a it's one of those, it, this is one of those ones when you watch it and when you watch back the, the footage, it's, it's the, it's the, I suppose it's the penalty that keeps on giving. You think it's going to end. And when you think it's going to end, no, 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 there's more to come. Oh, um, it is. It is. Yeah. Like McNally, Devils player McNally, the period has ended. He decides that he wants to have a fight. So he grabs a, uh, a Stars player. There's a coming together of the players that are on the ice. Uh, McNally then, for me, makes the first of two, uh, sorry, or sorry, three major uh, decisions in his own head that are just mental to me. The player that he's scrapping with goes face first down into the ice and he carries on punching. So he's potentially putting that player at risk by forcing them to go face first in a prone position. They're an unwilling combatant into the ice. He then carries on punching. Now, something that was never even touched upon in the DOPS review was the fact that while he's punching this player on the ice, who doesn't want anything to do with him, he strikes at least one of the linesmen at least once with a punch. He then gets dragged off this player, and as he's skating away, he then has a go at um, the Dundee Stars captain, Dryden Dow. Uh, he, if he'd had a stick in his hand, it would have been a cross check. Let's be perfectly honest. He forces uh, Dryden Dow's head backwards, and Dow lands in the back of his head on the ice first. First point of contact uh, for Dow's body going down is his head, the back of his head on the ice. Then, as he skates away, a fan in the stands throws a beer. Now, I didn't even catch this the first time that I was watching it. A fan throws a beer bottle onto the ice. Uh, narrowly missing uh, McNally and the linesman who's currently taking him off the ice at this point uh, when he's taken off the ice the fan he's now he has gestured McNally has gestured to the fan as he's been taken off the ice to come down and have a go the fan which is the funniest part of the whole thing because his little legs go like mad to get him down he touches every step on the way down um, he gets in the face if only for what looks like another Stars fan and one security guard who's at the tunnel that leads to the away locker room, they managed to stop an altercation between a player and a fan. Um, and he's finally sent away off. To me, it's absolutely insane that Dops have come out and said that it's two games 
for a start, uh, for everything that was done, there's endangering two players on the ice, there's the unwilling combatants, there's the striking of the linesman, there's the altercation with a fan, and all the rest of it. Now, my favourite response on social media came from, you guys know, one of my favourite players, Mr. Matt Nickerson, who was charged with a very similar incident in Milton Keynes when he was a Milton Milton Keynes player after he left Belfast. Now, he was banned for 22 games for having an altercation with a fan. And he came in and said, two games, surely you mean 22 dops. And do you know what? He's not wrong. And social media appropriately went a bit mad on this one because, yet again, it seems that the Cardiff Devils don't get the right look at them. But let's be perfectly honest, to come back to one of our most often used phrases here on Door 14, dops have been consistently inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, as you say, the voice of reason in, the, in this conversation did come from Matt Nickerson, and I agree. Um, you know, obviously he had said that, um, you know, he, he'd obviously... He's been at the receiving end of a lengthy ban because of an altercation. We've seen it previously. Dave, you'll remember we had an altercation um, back, I think, maybe early 2000, maybe 2008, 2009. We had an altercation. A similar similar thing Humble. happened. Yep. Similar thing happened where he also um, was given pretty much a lengthy 30-odd game suspension for... Uh, see, al- season-ending ban, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, it was a... a, 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 a another fan interaction that should never have happened it was an altercation with another fan almost similarly okay there's an argument to be said that you know the fat you know done like you know there has to be an answer made to the fact that the, the fan was able to come down and get down to the side of the, the yeah. rink and yeah, get, yeah. that's yeah. so close and we we made it's, this point back a few years ago when matt had his altercation was that that's not that was that wasn't matt's fault and i'll i'll no, give I agree mcnally this i'll get i'll give mcnally this the fact that I don't care about any verbals. Like we've seen players and, and crowds and players can feed off given some back and forward with the fans. That's fine. Um, you look at the number of goalies who've completely lost their mind in Belfast. Uh, that's that's fine. But allowing a fan to get anywhere near a player and that's where these smaller ranks have this bigger problem because they're they're not set up in such a way that players' tunnels are going underneath the stands or anything. They they actually just have to put a little mm. bit of fencing down. And hope the that guy fans was don't reach so over. quick, though. He was. Oh yeah, his his little legs were going. My favorite part is if you um, there's a a guy on YouTube has done, a North American guy has done a, a little it. funny yeah, yeah. review of this, which is absolutely brilliant, and it extends the the clip. It's a longer clip than what Dops put in, and it's the the fact that when he was running down, his phone actually fell out of his pocket. And he gets halfway oh, up the no. stairs and realizes that his phone's down on the ground, has to go back for it, gets halfway up the stairs again, and then finally a security guard grabs him. It's like, yeah, you're leaving, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I guess before we move on to the ne- the next um story in our penalty box segment, I guess what I do find I do note, and I, I'll be interested to see if anything does come out of it, and there is any more follow up. Is obviously you know um the elite league has said that the um elite hockey operations are going to investigate fully with the Dundee Stars as to how the incident occurred, and obviously then obviously if there's anything else, there's going to be repercussions for that. Uh, do we think there's going to be any kind of repercussions? Do we think there's going to be one of these uh, fines, these on these, they'll use uh, they use the spur plexi that Fife didn't put up. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, all, it's, all, it's all about three, three and a half inches tall. <laughs> yeah. half do you know what? There's there's nothing, there is nothing that they can do because 
the way that those you would have the same problem in any number of rinks around um, the the elite league. Uh, if you're not an arena team, you don't have those direct tunnels um, to get players immediately away. Like a lot of these places, players are walking past the stands, uh, or they're having to put up temporary fencing or a couple of guys standing to stop player or fans from wandering back and forward when players are going back to the locker room. There is literally nothing that they can do. They can't force the Dundee Ice Arena to make fi- uh, structural changes uh, to to do that. They can ask them to make operational changes, but there's only so much that you can do uh, in those places. So unless you're going to tell Dundee that they need to have a new arena built, uh, then nothing nothing will happen. My, my biggest be... problem with this is that the Elite League has not taken a strong enough stance against McNally and what he did on the ice. The problem is what he did on the ice, not the interaction with the fan. Yeah, the, the the whole the whole situation is just a complete farce, to be fair. And the, I've watched that video so many times, and I can't even work out how, that, how on earth they even came to that decision. Um, and I was saying that uh, in our chat and back and forth that it's just not uh, there's beggar's belief, and it, all it does. And you touched on this earlier, Marty, is that this there's this perception out there that uh, different teams get different bands because of who they are, and their adopts are not helping themselves. Um, and I would go as far to say as there, there can be a bit lenient on the, the Giants as well. Um, you know, I'm not saying that the Giants are getting, or one of the ones that are getting penalised. I would say they're lenient, lenient, lenient on the Giants also. And we'll talk about that in the next one. Um, but in this case, um, yeah, it, it's, I think that what the last Dundee to do is operational and maybe have things like, um, near the way the Giants have the thing where they don't like people standing in the stairs during the game they'll probably want them to say something like that on their speakers or something daft you know well my separate to all of this i think one thing that we should probably say is that fan was completely out of order let alone mm-hmm. for coming down and trying to start an altercation with a player the throwing of something throwing onto the ice on, surface yeah. Yeah. especially a drinks bottle or anything like i would assume and i can't exactly remember in dundee if you just get plastic bottles handed over i know the last time i had a drink in there it was in a plastic like pint tumbler um but i, I don't know um that fan should be banned yeah yeah, yeah. i was he, I was he, should, he shouldn't like, be allowed what, back what, in what's going through this guy's head i've just watched this player tumble through like probably a, a lot more players that are a lot bigger than me. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to run down here and give him a piece of my mind and it'll fix everything. That's what? fine. If he's that's <laughs> fine if that's if that's his Mari's da, but he, he's clearly not. So no, he, he's got no right to do that and that no. that guy shouldn't be back in DIA. No, I agree. I, he's just had a few drinks. He's a bit like me trying to get into the Odyssey on Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> less less <laughs> said about that, the better. <laughs> yeah. Poor bouncers in the door. Poor security guards in the door. Sorry for him. Um, okay. The Department, of Podcast Safety, the Department of Podcast Safety is going to review that actually later <laughs> on, Dave. <laughs> It'll um, be a, a, a fine paid to the team and we'll all have to go out for another beer. Uh, Dave, um, you kind of touched upon this briefly there a second ago. It was a good segue, um, but this is another T game ban, um, but more close mm-hmm. to home. This is with the Belfast Giants. Um, this last week uh, during the Coventry Belfast game, I think if I'm right, correct, it was the Challenge Cup game, the first stage of the Challenge Cup game between Coventry and Belfast. And Ben Lake took a has received a two game suspension, which he served this past weekend uh, for an, a neen incident. Um, Two games. Um, they obviously they said they've went a bit lenient because he's never been fined or suspended in the current 2021-2022 Elite League season. Um, but he has received a fine and a two-game suspension uh, for that hit, um, that knee hit, I should say. Um, let's go with. I mean, 
John, let's let's go with your you thoughts. To... Oh yeah, you go first. Yeah, you give me your thoughts there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like I've watched this a couple of times, and I, I want to because I'm a Giants fan, Matthias glasses and on. I want to say, oh no, it shouldn't have been Ben Lakers doing this either. No, it, it just wasn't. When you watch it, it it wasn't a very clever move. It's he f- finds himself a bit out of place. Uh, tries to correct, doesn't quite get there, and you can tell there's going to be a funny contact and ends up knee on knee. That could end someone's season. You know, we've seen it actually. I think um, a few years ago was it? Um, oh, the guy that came over and only played one game. I can't remember his name. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. But you know, that knee on knee, it can cause so much damage. Um, and it could have, it could have been the both of them out for for a number of games. Never mind for bans, just for injuries. Um, and I think two games is probably a bit lenient. I would have been happier with if if I had been uh, a uh, Coventry fan, I would have been going three, four, maybe, you know, just because of how dangerous it can be. Um, it's a bit like slew footing, you know, it doesn't look like much, but when it goes wrong, it's it's really wrong, you know. Mm. That's yeah. my, my two pence. And again, I think this comes back to the Dops still have this, uh, given off this aura that they go lenient on, on certain teams. And yeah. The Giants are one of them. It could be fair enough. Uh, fair enough but saying that he leans into it, I don't think he leans into it. He does, he doesn't, he doesn't. I I watched this game live, like I I got this webcast um, and I think I was sitting watching it and I think I messaged you guys and said, we're going to lose Lake for a few games here. Fair play, Um, you did. It was was a bad, it's a bad move. I admit the the Coventry player cuts back um, ben thinks he's going to cross the blue line straight away. He doesn't. He crosses back, coming the opposite way, coming laterally across the blue line, catches Ben out completely. Now, if he'd looked up, there's another white jersey is there who was in a perfect position to cover the play. Um, ben has to make some sort of move. Like he's he's not going to get ice time if he just carries on skating through into his own defensive zone. Um, Keith would absolutely kill him for that. But. Um, he shouldn't be making that move. He's, he's overbalanced. He's moving his weight across to his inside knee to make the corner as quickly as possible. He's overcorrected. And ideally, what he should be doing is skating across the face of the Coventry player, not yeah. going for... He is going for a, a check. He's going for a full body check, but the Coventry player's cut inside of him and he's got no other choice. But mm-hmm. he definitely shouldn't be sticking the knee out like that. Um, yeah, he just, I'm 100%, I'm 100% tries, with Dave yep, I'm 100% yeah. with Dave two games on this one is is I think I think we've gotten away with that there I would have t- I, I'll take it but I would have yeah. I would have been I would 100% would have stood over four games yeah. uh, I think that's too much yeah. I think that, it's nice when you're on well there's an injury there's an injury on the play there's an injury yeah. on the play and um, I'm not 100% sure if um, he's the uh if the Blaze player's back playing yet or if there's a longer term injury. Um, uh, but... And Ben's in full yeah. full control of that play. Like he could have easily yeah. have just, yeah. uh, it could have went for a stick, could have tripped. He could have still went for a penalty. He could have taken the, you know, still taken the thing away, but not knee on knee could be, as I said, career ending. So um, yeah. I think that that has to be, um, it's for more than justified for, for not a massive ban, but uh, three to four games is definitely. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the last one then um, in this period and this is um, Sheffield's my favourite one <laughs> your favourite one well then we'll come to you first um, this is the um, Steelers goalie <laughs> it's my favourite uh, it's my favourite profile me to- photo for Dops <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steelers- do, do you want me to 
Do you want me to intro it and stuff? If you would like, yeah. Yeah, so I love this one. So I've watched this. I don't know how many times I've watched this. Um, I just can't get over your man, uh, Barry Bus Burst, 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 Burst. Burst. Um, I can't get my head around uh, just him in general. Did you send the? Did I send you the edited photo of uh, yeah. Trunchable? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the thing that gets me with this is that he he gets a bit of a bump, and it literally is just a bit of a bump uh, to start with. Um, and he makes a bit of a pig's ear out of the whole thing. And um, after it, he uh, he makes it look like it was the end of the world when he got hit. So he gets shot from the crowd. But to me, that should be a bit of a uh, embellishment penalty, you know, because he barely touched him. He but dives. Then, he dives. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Clearly, and, yeah. But then he gets up. He waits a few seconds and oh. then bumps him. <laughs> Straight in the face with the blocker, um, and what I would highlight is um, for my one game of training as a as a goalie, um, those blockers are hard. So there's no messing with them. The whole front uh, front section is reinforced plastic. It's not the same as the gloves. The gloves are all uh, heavy foam, uh, and the the actual blocker side is like a big block of plastic with a tiny bit of material around it to stop rebounds. So he's, it's like getting punched in the face with a bit of uh, PVC pipe. Um, it's basically what's happened there. Um, there's no... I've no idea what that's like. I've never been punched in the face with a piece of PVC pipe. <laughs> I'm, obviously, I'm, obviously going, I'm obviously going to different parties than you, Dave. <laughs> well, you see the way I get on with that bouncer, so you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, you're getting punched straight in the face with a solid bit of plastic, and it's, it's not fun, and I can't see how... He would have even thought that was acceptable, um, especially as the the turn of play had changed. Um, uh, one game, I think it's that's what we got. One game, wasn't it? Yeah, it's a uh, bit of a joke. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, I, I would given him more than one game. You could you could put, you could justify it, but it wouldn't be more than two because um, it's a bit of a stupid. Hey. It needs to be at least two because my biggest problem with all of this. Well, for a start, you've got at least one game for the embellishment. Oh yeah, well then, they don't even talk about that, do they? they... No, nope, they don't even talk about it. Yeah. Then my next one is, I think he's unlucky in one respect that he makes contact with the blocker because that's not what he's trying to do. He is trying to cross check that guy in the face with his stick, uh, and just loses. Yeah, his his catcher, his catcher is on the elbow of his stick. He is yeah. trying to drive his stick through the jaw of that um, of that blaze plate. Jesus, always the blaze. Jeez, they're having a rough time of it right now. Um, <laughs> And to me, that that's an intent to injure. Yeah, so, the, yeah, that, that's it's a, a, it's tough a really one to bad, it's a really bad situation for any player to be in. Never mind uh, a goaltender. You you want to the reason I'm saying it, it's it's you don't normally see more than two games for a goaltender unless they like pull out a knife and try and kill somebody. You know they're um, the, the they you're, you're definitely going more. to different parties than me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Yeah, it's 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 a strange one, but I did. I've watched it so many times, and you, I just can't understand what's going through his head. I you know, I saw a bit of interaction on social media well, about this one. A ghost just came over and pushed him. So <laughs> oh, yeah. he's pissed off that a that a ghost pushed him. But I I saw a bit of interaction on social media about this one, and one of the biggest ones is like, what does a goalie have to do to get thrown out? Yeah. So, like, the ref clearly saw a problem. You can see in the in the Dops video, the ref is right behind the plate, and as soon as he cross-checks him, or, well, actually, as it turns out, punches him, the arm's straight up, and he's calling him for something. At what point does the ref go, 
no, I mean, the play is away over there. What are you doing? It's clearly a penalty. It's an intent to injure. It even mm. looks like a clear intent to injure. It's off the play, like yeah. by an absolute country mile. What does a goalie have to do to get thrown out? I think also, in all uh, honesty. Calling, I know that they just had, they had to name the, the penalty something, but uh, roughing, really? Mm. <laughs> it seems a bit, I, I, uh, to me, a bit weak. Like it's... I, I, totally, I totally get that that's probably what he got on the night. He'll yeah. have got the roughing on the night. To me, that's a clear cross check. Yeah. And look, there is, there is, is there a roughing on the goaltenders when they use the glove? But there, there must be a specific rule about using there the has blocker. To be like, uh, yeah. So have be... they have Dops just been lazy in the fact that they haven't looked at their own playbook uh, and uh, found under the, the right name somewhere. for it? I, I don't know. It's yeah. a it's a weird one from start to finish for me, and I feel like he's gotten completely away with that. And again, it comes back to the fact that the all three bands that we've looked at this week one for the devils one for the giants one for the steelers all three of them are arena teams are all three of them a little bit lax yep. two of them for me are very lax one mm-hmm. of them a little bit lax yeah there's I'm definitely agreed. there's definitely not uh, there, there's not the same like so you see these other big bigger bands for uh, the fifes and the dundies and the um the glasgow's of this world and it's just not the same for for the those arena teams, and hopefully it changes, or at least the perception changes. Um, mm. Maybe as the season goes on. Um, but, but does anybody else love his pads? I love the old school brown pads, by the way. I think the class. I I genuinely yeah, no no comment. My last note on it is <laughs> my last note on it is I genuinely don't see like Sheffield just have this real thing for him. Just like I don't I don't see it. It just seems so I don't know. It's a bit weird. Anyway, it is what it is, guys. I'm gonna. End is there for period one, um, uh, um, as we still have quite a bit to go in period two and period three. Um, so I will cut us off from period one, and what we'll do is we'll get swiftly moved straight on to our period two of hockey. So hello and uh, welcome back to period two. Um, this is where we'll talk about hockey from all over the world. Um, or as we have now came to know it as the Evander Show. Um, so I have, um, John had done all of the work this week and we had talked about it and we didn't have a piece of Evander uh, Kane news until Marty reminded me um, and I found the official article. Um, so the, um, the currently in the, as we know, Evander uh, Kane has been sent down to the Barracuda. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Um, in the AHL, um, where he seems to be playing quite well. I think he scored a goal um, there the other day. So he's down there playing well. The Sharks have said that he's definitely um, of the caliber to be called back up. Um, whether that happens or not, obviously he's down there for for other reasons, which we're not going to go reiterate because we've already talked about them and we've talked about them for weeks. But the reason I brought this up is that uh, NHL scouts from uh, Detroit. Boston Bruins, Nashville Predators, Pittsburgh Penguins, not, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Dallas Stars. I thought you were going to say the Nottingham Panthers? <laughs> <laughs> um, have, uh, have had sent scouts to watch him play. Um, so when we were chatting about uh, how much of a liability and how much the NHL would be done with him, and uh, apparently not. Clearly not, yeah. <laughs> um, he seems to be a bit of a sought-after component. And the the big thing is, obviously, they're hoping to get a bit of cap space with him. Um, and obviously, two of those teams are two of ours. So over to, to Marty, what do you think? Do you take him? 
Um, <laughs> I I feel like I by, by saying yes, I feel like I'm being hypocritical because I was the one who waxed lyrical. Ding ding, there. That was a nice little you know cliche, but I was the one who um kind of was really adamant that I felt that he was a liability to the sharks and 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 obviously bringing that team into disrepute with everything that he has done um so for me i'm kind of saying i don't think that i don't think toronto should touch him just from a point of view of you know um morally they <laughs> shouldn't touch him just because and also because like we don't know what's going to happen next you know obviously in the vander show um but is he is he a is he a decent player if you get him at the right price and bring him in for what they need him for you can see why they're interested and you can see why they're thinking about, you know, why they've sent scouts to look, look at it to see if it's exactly the right fit of what they're needing right now. I don't want him, but I can see how, how much of an asset he could be. Cause he's not, he's not a bad player. Let's be honest. He's not a oh, bad yeah, player. Not, no, he's a, it's, it's his off, player, like. it's his off ice behavior and it's his off, it's off ice presence that causes the bulk of his issues. It's not about his playing ability cause he's a great player. Um, but yeah, I would still stick by. I'm going to stick by what I've always said, and you don't want to bring someone with li- such liability into your team. Um. So then the other one, John, what do you think? 100. percent I don't want him anywhere near Nashville. Um. For oh, that means he'll, all the, that means he'll be coming then. Cause... Yeah. Dan, do you know what? See if he does come. Do you know what? I'll, do you know what I'll do? I'll buy you get a jersey. jersey. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy a jersey. He'll he'll be gone six weeks later, um, and then I'll burn it. Um. But yeah. Um. Yeah, it, to me, he's completely toxic. I totally get that. I think there's a, a difference of feeling within fan bases in North America, though. I, I don't think they are taking the whole... Well, I think in general, they're not taking COVID as seriously. Mm. Um, but I don't think they're taking everything else that he's been associated with um, as seriously as what maybe perhaps we do. Um, they see him as a route to a Stanley Cup. Uh, mm. Let's be honest. Um, he is a an out and out point scorer, uh, and you put him in any roster. If he produces points like he has before, then yeah, is he your your road to the Stanley Cup? Is he a, a cog on the wheel on the road to the Stanley Cup? And yeah, he might be, but you have to bear in mind what you are insinuating by bringing that into your organization that you're you're okay with that. Okay with it, yeah, yeah. And to me, like I I don't want him wearing that over my shoulder. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, I think uh, based on what I see there in the names of the teams, you know who I think it would be the the good one to go for a punt on. Stars. Uh, uh, yeah, I was about to say that they they just sort of have that um, like they would desperation. Be able to get yeah, they, they would almost they could justify it by the fact that they're struggling so much. Maybe Detroit as well. You know that they're having yep. uh, such a bad run. They'd take anything that's going to get a, make a bit of a change. Um, but yeah. Thought that would be a nice one, just because what's that? Like four weeks on the trot where we've talked about him. <laughs> I'm going with the fact that um, the the Pred scouts uh, and Marty, you might be the same as me here. They were clearly there looking at the new talent within the rest of the team. They they weren't there looking at Evander. No, I agree. Yeah, they were looking. For, they were looking at the ATL players, the cream of the crop there. Yep, exactly. Yep, totally, totally. Um, Yep, so that was uh, my only contribution to this parade because John put absolutely everything else in. So what I'll do is I'll fire it over to him and let him pick his next one, and then we'll go from there. Good. Uh, right, so let's start off with um, the Team GB under-20s then. They are um, taking part at the minute in the World Championships, uh, Division 2, Group A, um, and they've 
gotten off to a good start. Uh, just literally as we started um, tonight, they were finishing up game three. Uh, games one uh, against Spain and game two against Lithuania uh, ended really well. Game one, the 7-2 win against Spain was an absolutely fantastic start. Um, the Lithuania game ended 5-3. Uh, so again, lots of scoring. And tonight they took their first loss of the championship, unfortunately, in a penalty shootout against Korea. Um, unfortunately, losing a, a two-goal lead at one mm. point going into the third um, seems to have been a, a real la drop in concentration for the first of, what, nine periods uh, of hockey. Um, so, unfortunate to see that. They know that they have to bring their A game for their last game uh, of the, the tournament, and that could see them with the, the gold medal and promotion up to, what would that be, Division 1, Group C? Mm -hmm. Group D? Yep, Group C. I can't remember I think. how yep. many. I think it's Group C. Um, so again, it's it's great to see, uh, and that's a, a lot of really good young guys, and a handful of them have been playing elite league games uh, for the likes of Sheffield, uh, who have put in a lot of time and effort this year with their British talent that they can call up from the um, NIHL. Uh, and also the likes of Coventry and some of the there are one or two um, Scott, young Scottish guys who are out there playing as well so it, it is good to see them having a, a good run of it uh, at the start what's your thoughts on their performances so far guys um, um, Dave I'll go over to you no no never mind I'll go to Marty sorry um, just because I, I had something in my head about the games because I was um, it was on earlier on and uh, Team GB were sharing some um, highlights and stuff and there was a few um, videos and stuff came up earlier on but um, I don't know if you've seen the second goal scored by I think it was Jake Hopkins if I remember correctly or Jack Hopkins um, yeah Jack I think um, for GB that second goal was a I think it, like, it was beautiful. It was a beautiful little goal that was scored. Um, it was, if you don't get a chance, I'm sure the, the, the highlights will be up somewhere or the video will pop up somewhere again if you haven't seen it already. But uh, it was a beautiful little goal. Um, I think it's great. You know, obviously the junior game, uh, we've talked about it. You know, we've 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 highlighted the importance of development within the junior game within GB, not just from for a Team GB um, point of view in terms of obviously senior senior team and stuff and obviously promotion from junior league junior team into the senior team obviously it's going to help massively but also because as you say rightly so john like a lot of these players a lot of these junior players we're going to see you know pop up in elite ice hockey teams in the future um hopefully um but yeah a great great performance and yeah as you say it's the decider uh this, is it tomorrow or is it Saturday? Tomorrow, I think, is the decider game. I think um, it's. That, I think it's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow decider game oh, tomorrow. Yes. Must win tomorrow. So, yeah, fingers crossed for them. Um. Yeah. No. I, I would say as well myself. Like, uh, see what are the junior, um, is uh, junior development is obviously the the big big stepping stone, and it's something I think GB have done really well in the past. Um, has allowed them to be where they are with a senior team. Um mainly from that uh, that crop that they've been able to bring up. So um, I think it's a good show. I think we're, it's, it's great to see that we're talking about GB hockey more and more as a team. I appreciate we, we're always talking about GB hockey, but as teams go, GB hockey it just keeps coming up each year now, um, even when it comes to the Olympics and all this kind of stuff. So keep the ball rolling. It is, and look. Let's be perfectly honest. A lot of these names, these are these are kids that we're going to be seeing as the veteran GB players within the elite league. Fingers crossed. Who would, in the years who to would come. you take, John? Out of the names that you've seen there, Colin, Colin Shields every take? time. <laughs> oh, you mean you mean in the under the the um, yeah. the unders? Um, 
honestly, I'm not going to say right now because I don't know enough about them. Um, so what I know is about the team performances yet. I don't know enough about the individuals um, just now. So yeah. anything that I say would be a complete guess and it would be irresponsible of me uh, to throw anyone under the bus uh, unduly by not mentioning them. Fair, fair. Awesome, John, if you want to go ahead and then pick your next one. Right, well, the rest of them all are then in the sort of NHL side of things. I'm going to go with um, a slightly funnier one to start with, guys. This this news broke at the back end of last week. Um, the Coyotes, they, they can't do anything right right now. Uh, it came to light late, late last week uh, that there was a, a, a very strong possibility that the Yotes were going to get locked out of the Glendale Arena because of unpaid bills in city taxes amounting to over 1.3 million dollars hadn't been paid for over a year um what? now this um this all came to light because the um the mayor of uh glendale wrote to uh commissioner bettman and said what's happening here we we can't get anything out of this team here they owe us an absolute stack of money um the only thing that's going to be left to us is we're going to lock the doors on the arena and not let them in. It's a city commodity. Um, we rely on that for money to come in to spend back on uh, the facilities, not just the, the hockey arena, but the other things that the, the city does for its residents. We're a million, a million and a half dollars out of pocket here at this point. We're going to lock the team out. What was the period? Over a year. How long? Um, so yeah, cost the cost from 2020-2021 season uh up to um that, so that was that they were expecting that up to up, the point up till the 20th to of 20 December. December. Um, go to the back door and just see how many letters are stacked up there, you know, like final notices. Well, notices. Th- this is my this is my favorite part of the whole thing is that the Yotes then tried to defend this and said that uh it was down to human error. Human error, not knowing that you haven't paid $1.3 million in city taxes is not an excuse. Either you That's hired human someone... To, avoidance. <laughs> either you hired someone who knows how to use Excel, or you didn't. John, I mean, does the story not get a bit messy and muddier, muddier? Because is this not the whole thing of like, yes, there might have been a thing around, um, you know, around human error, but was there not also the story around that it was announced about a month or so ago maybe or maybe a couple of months no it's not even a month ago i think this is stemming back to maybe in the summertime um where it was announced that the the arena itself has um cut ties with arizona moving forward i i arizona hockey meaning that by next season when it comes to next season in the nhl that the coyotes are without a home because um yeah so so it, it's essentially the contract for the use of the arena runs out at the end of the season and they're not and renewing so far no agreement has been reached on a renewal of the contract because the way the Yotes have been playing and there's uncertainty around the ownership of the team staying with the people it's with at the minute and with the franchise even staying in Arizona. Um, there is a a big call that this is a franchise on the move um, and oh. that this team could be moving out of Arizona, um, which for one thing I would... I would hate it because of the Kachina jersey. Uh, the only thing that I would see as a, a bonus is if we see the replacement of the Kachina jersey with the Whalers jersey again. Or the Nordiques jersey. Yeah, 
there, there's plenty of cities out there that are crying out for NHL teams. You know, even Kansas. Uh, Kansas City's been calling out for an NHL team for decades. That's got to be the then, Superman. That's got to be the Kansas City Superman. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we did this. We then, did this with Seattle. <laughs> um, and then obviously uh, Quebec. Um, is, it's just a, a complete farce that there's another team out in there. So, yeah. But hey-ho. So yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting over the next few months to see how that goes. Um, we're sticking with the NHL, um, and I know that we're going to have a good discussion about the last one, which I'm going to hold till last. Um, so I'm just going to quick one to throw in here. Cap and cap space has always been an issue for the last couple of seasons. Um, Commissioner Bettman made the announcement this week that the cap is expected to raise next season by a million dollars. Um, so... All teams are going to have this uh, this extra little space. Um, it's going to go up to $82.5 million from the current $81.5 million. Um, guys, is is this a slippery slope? Are we going to start to see them move back to the way things were without regulation before the cap? Is the cap even going to like make sense anymore? Or are these players, are these players overpaid for what they do? Now my opinion I don't think they are because I think NHL has one of the lowest salary caps of sports that have a salary cap I think the NBA is probably two or three times that I think even baseball has a cap that's way way above the NHL um, does the cap serve a purpose anymore I think is is my big one um, Marty I think it does and it doesn't I think it serves a purpose in that obviously it's trying to uh, I suppose in fairness what they're trying to do is obviously give it uh, what we don't see here in the UK and that there's not a clear, like a, a you know, I suppose an equal, equal footing and equal, um, you know, it's a grounds. level playing ground. Yeah. And, and it's, it, it, it doesn't really happen because we know, we know teams go over it. We know teams, we, we know it, but the salary cap itself, I mean, I suppose the reasons why it, I, I, as you said, it is a bit of a slippery slope, but I guess one of the big things that we used to see happen a lot was the, Wages for players were a lot lower, but the lengths of the contracts were a lot longer. Whenever the NHL, along with the Players Association, made that, that after that, that last lockout, where they made that decision where lengths of contracts have to be shortened down, but the prices of the contracts went up. So I guess by adding on an additional million to this salary cap, I suppose all it's really doing is for those players that you're concerned about, so the likes of your... um. You know your Austin, your um, your Austin Matthews, your like your Conor McDavid's. You know those big names. If you're concerned about keeping them because you can't give them the length of time that they're looking for, but you can increase their salary, obviously that million's going to make a big difference for teams. And I guess that's that's going to be a big thing for them. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know. I I just think it, it's although there's a salary cap there, we know that there's just already a struggle with it, and it's it's there's not a it's not a it's not it's not a plain it's not a you know. Is my math completely off? It's only like like a one percent increase. It's less less than one percent. Yeah, less, less than one percent. Yeah. It's still, uh, a, it's still so, a million. So still further million, down, but... Batman. Sorry, further down, Batman then went on to say that um, it's likely that there'll then be additional increases in the years to come, um, and probably by the end of twenty twenty three twenty four season, there will be a, a steady uh, return to an increase in the cap the way that there formerly had been um, in seasons previous, um, and this is obviously linked into um, the the debts that the, what they call the escrow. Uh, that the players are due to the owners after uh, things like lockout seasons and that sort of thing. Um, so that the salary cap is going to go up. Um, 
Aaron, like, are you in the same boat as as Marty there, thinking that salary cap serves a purpose, um, and does that purpose carry on as the cap increase continues to increase closer and closer to this what's going to eventually be a one hundred million dollar cap? I don't know, man. You know these these per these per players. They're obviously skint. You know, gas gas prices are going up. You know, they've got these Lamborghinis. You know, it's less than less than one percent. To be fair, I don't, I don't Infl- think I've ever seen a hockey player fit in a Lambo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. maybe the maybe the Urus. That's a, that's about as small as I think most of them would go. Unless you're a Is little TG Yoshi, he's quite he's quite toy. Maybe I, maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Is it not just the 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 teams moving along with the, the economic times like you know yeah, prices yeah. are going up so you're probably right and the, then the, the players will be wanting more money I appreciate a gas bill or an electricity bill when you're when you're getting paid that kind of money maybe it's not that much of an issue but everything's going up so they're going to want their money they're going to want their pay increase exactly and then Dave like say for example we just talked about the situation in Arizona there would be other teams out there that they're maybe not uh, pay on the gate the same way that the likes of uh, some of the elite league teams are but if the salary cap continues to go up and up and up are we going to see the cap eventually get to a point that teams struggle to spend the cap uh, and does that put teams at a disadvantage the the, the there's a knock-on as the the cap increases obviously that the every team tries to hit it they try to be as close to it as possible they try to find a get away around it um and that's just the way it is you know, this is the how it works out um I do think that it's due an increase. It's probably been due an increase for a while. Um, it is 100% necessary. Um, the The problem you have is that the it's already difficult for some big names that, like whenever uh, I can just talk, uh, Krill from the uh, the Wild, um, he is was a rookie one season in the NHL and he was able to negotiate um, a three-year deal for quite a bit of money because there is no cap in the KHL and they were just going to throw money at him. Um, and in the end, up they, they had to go toe-to-toe. And that was because at his age, he had been playing in the KHL um, under a wild contract for his development. Um, and then that meant that he was getting offered mega money to, to, to come back to it. Um, and I think that's why the cap needs to increase. Um is to give that sort of control to the to the clubs. One thing I do love about the NHL is that you literally can just Google player's name, salary, and you can see exactly what they're earning, and that's every player on the team. And that's you know, there's no hiding behind doors. There's no you know uh, paying somebody a hell of a lot more to you know just to uh, to keep them there. You can literally anybody can go. Oh well, I scored the same number of goals he did last year. Why am I not getting? you know, mm. the same sort of uh, contract extension or whatever, you know, so mm-hmm. it's uh, sure. it's definitely um, it's definitely something that I, I love to see. And I think the, the increase in salary cap will probably continue for a good few years to get it over. It'll probably get closer and closer to the likes of the, the uh, NBA um, because that's just the, the way uh, sport went or has been going and is still going. Uh, NFL money is mega. It's just... Just stick zeros on a on a sheet and go where you go. You stay here for the rest of your season. Yeah. Um, look at Marshawn Lynch. They got him back out of retirement. Fucking guy was ancient and he was getting millions. You know. So, um, but yeah. When was the last increase? Do we know? There was a break. I think it stopped increasing whenever they had the lockout. Yeah, I think I it was locked. I think it was stopped after the last lockout. Yeah, uh, last so this would be the first. Years. 
Yeah, this would be the the first increase yeah. since the last lockout. Yeah, the last and obviously the last lockout was obviously brought in the, the changes to this for 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 that for those reasons and also as I would mentioned those silly length of contracts uh, which were getting like people were being offered like twenty year contract um for less money but you got twenty year security you know it was it was getting ridiculous yeah yeah it was like it'll be interesting to see the way it goes uh, especially considering that you've got Batman saying one thing but the the wind looks like it's it's given its last gasp for Batman uh, as well in the league and he's likely to move on before any major decisions are made on the cap uh, other than small annual increases um, guys I'm going to move on to the last one here um, and this is one that I know that we'll probably have a bit of a, a chat about it's we've already talked a little bit about um, sort of the reasons behind this story um, we all know that the Winter Olympics are only a matter of weeks away now uh, we're very very close now uh, to the NHL break or the, the expected NHL break um, for players to head off and represent their country or as was expected but that might have been thrown up a little bit into, um, into doubt now uh, as a result of the COVID um, participation rules uh, on quarantining having been uh, announced uh, which has the potential to see with the length of competition being two to three weeks uh, to see out the the Olympic competition uh, plus periods of quarantine uh, for both coming into China and also returning home again you could actually see players not able to ice for their NHL teams for close to two months Um, so Guys, what do you think? I know that one one person who's been interviewed about this is John Tavares. No, so where are we where are we getting the two months from? Well, you you you've got three to five weeks of quarantine total uh, between arriving to China and arriving back into North America, be that Canada or uh, America, um, depending on what the rules are on isolation. Uh, And to be perfectly honest, this was published a week ago. Um, this or sorry, it was published a few days ago, uh, and we know the way that things have changed in the last few days globally with COVID. So this is liable for change as well. Um, John Tavares, for example, uh, is one person who's been interviewed uh, as part of this. Uh, this is a guy who would be going out uh, as a huge part of his national squad, uh, is a massive part of the Toronto Maple Leafs as their captain. Uh, but aside from all that, he's also a husband and a father. Uh, and the potential of being away from his family is something that he's taken very seriously as well. Um, guys, where do you think we are? I, I'm struggling to see NHL players going to the Olympics at this point. I truthfully, I don't, I don't, I don't see them risking it. Uh, well, two things. Uh, first, first thing is I don't see them risking it. I don't see them, especially like you, you mentioned. Um, you know, he, John, John's the first one who came out and said his thoughts on it in terms of you know when he was interviewed in relation to not his own personal life but also his professional life, just about that that aspect of the the quarantine period. But also Connor McDavid had a really interesting take on it as well this week. You know when he was asked his thoughts on it in the to the media, you know this past Tuesday he said to him, you know that he finds it really unsettling the thought of as you mentioned, John, you know you fly over there, you start playing the game, and if you are you come down with anything and you test positive, you know. Um, there's this sudden then suddenly you're there for another three to five weeks because the way China's rules are working is that basically you have to kind of remain quarantined for three to five weeks so if you if you do two weeks as you mentioned if you do two weeks of the Olympics because they run across three weeks if you do two weeks and then you come down with something and then all of a sudden then you go into quarantine for three to five weeks as you say you're you're away from your team for such a long time and I think it's too risky I genuinely believe it's too risky but the other the other part of that the other part to look at is how many of these players are going to be 
right how many of these players at by that point when it comes to you know they have to make a decision by i think is it middle of january they have to make a decision if they're not if they're going or not is the whole thing but how many of these players are going to be fit or ready to go or say yes to that point because if we look at if we're looking at the nhl right now um let's look at the nhl right now in terms of like how it's been affected with by covid i mean you have the flames the calgary flames have as of today 18 players in protocol um all tested positive for no covid19 uh yep. hurricanes are down in a further two players Cubs. today um, you have the likes of your own um, Preds announced their list as well this week, um, including today. two coaches. Which two coaches? We, we've had to we've had to bring the Milwaukee Admirals coach, four players, four players, and two coaching staff to the point that we're bringing the Milwaukee Admirals uh, coach and assistant coach to run the bench tonight. Did I not read today that you're up to six today? Was it not announced? Maybe it's up to I six. Think, since I think you're up to six. I think there's another two added today. Um, on top of that, so. But linked, I mean, linked to what you're saying, Marty, like, yes, the NHL is in a, in its position now as far as COVID is concerned and with the the new variants and everything else. Do we see a position now that you talked about the players having to make their decision and they have to make that by the 10th of January as to whether they're going to make themselves available for Olympic selection or not? Does the NHL take this out of players' hands? The NHL made their decision yeah. post... I can't say post-pandemic. Post the release of players and crowds coming back in they were already very hesitant during the pandemic to give commitment to nhl participation in the olympics we've now got a position that the nhl its product and let's be perfectly honest the nhl is only really worried about its product it doesn't really care about the olympics um if it starts affecting their product they're gonna withdraw that and to me it feels like we're days if if just maybe two weeks away from an announcement from the NHL that they're withdrawing their participation uh, for their players from the NHL or from the Olympics. They'll spin it for Omicron as well, though. They'll just say, you know, they, they don't want to risk that factor. Well, that, that, the, look, the NHL, the NHL have never attached spin to their disdain for the Olympics and for the IIHF. Uh, this is this is the whole thing. They they really don't... Those two organisations, three organisations, do not get along. Uh, the IIHF and the Olympics. Yeah, the, the IIHF and the Olympics have a good relationship. They, the players and everything are always released. There's absolutely no problem. The NHL and the Olympics and the IIHF, they don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And to me, it again, it just... I feel like there is something coming where the NHL are just going to pull the plug. Uh, and yeah. look, to be perfectly honest, I, I'm also thinking at this point, if things continue on the way that they're going and we're going to have a peak uh, globally of this um, coronavirus cases again come mid-January, do we even get Winter Olympics? Yeah. yeah. Well, China's not going to you know cancel anything at the moment. The, the no. Yeah. If the NHL yep. do <clears throat> pull the plug, it's maybe like... Does it? Do we look at? The, we're not saying that they're the bad guy, but they they take the hit as being the bad guy rather than the player taking the hit yeah. for not wanting to do the. the as as an organization, you know, yeah, that makes that makes things simple. But to be part, the NHL has never been worried about the way that they're thought of. I don't want to say globally. They they do want to extend yeah, yeah. their market globally. They want us to buy Game Center uh, every no, year. But, this and, is my point, but that they, they that's based care, on their so product. They're, but they're they're. Can you see it that they're protecting the players? By that's that's the way that they'll say it. They'll protect the perception that the players aren't. Yeah. Um, not but going look, because they're. Yeah. We've seen it before that players will ignore the NHL mandate as mm -hmm. well. We've seen Alex Ovechkin ignore the NHL mandate of non-participation 
taking whatever fine he had to take and going and representing Russia and winning a gold medal. Um, it's not to say that that might not happen. Um, does Alex Ovechkin, for example, um, who's just gone, I think, number one in NHL history on uh, power play goals, uh, I think, just this last weekend, um, on his way to catching the great one on uh, points, I think, uh, or goals. Um, but does he... Everyone knows the depth of feeling that he has for participating for well, Olympic athletes from Russia or whatever they're actually called. They're not actually Russia. Um, but do we We could see Alex go out and represent and a handful of other players make the decision to ignore anything that the NHL say. And we've had this before. My biggest concern would be that I, I'm not entirely sure that we're going to get Winter Olympics. Mm. No. No. That's interesting. But One of the last times we talked about this, talked about the Winter Olympics, we talked about it was US boycotting it. As in, not not all of the US not going, but were, were they not? They weren't going to send. Well, it was diplomats. It, it, it was about sending politicians, and the yeah, UK yeah. Have, have done that. They're not I sending was politicians. Say, I, I read something that there's more. Yeah, so the UK, Canada, um, the United States are a few of the I think handful that have said that based on China's record with human rights, they won't be sending diplomats um, for that. To which China have said that there will be. Um, there, what is it? There will be repercussions uh, as a result of that. Like, we're not going to send politicians to your Tea Party. Uh, fine, don't really care. Do that's that, that stuff. That, that stuff that happens in the background. For up and running. <laughs> that's that stuff. <laughs> that's that's all. So, so I just googled it while we were chatting there about uh, the boycott, and it's now in the state where uh, representatives in Congress are calling for. This is two days ago. Are calling for athletes to boycott the 2022 Beijing Olympics. So it is building up. Remember, I was saying that the, it starts with the diplomats and then it builds and builds. Like if the diplomats don't get enough media attention, then the next step is the the athletes, and that's the, they've already started calling for that. Um, and then the the House of Representatives. So. Look, it's it's definitely fair to say that there's a lot of issues as far as this Winter Olympics goes, uh, and whether we get them and in what shape or form we get them, if they do go ahead, is anyone's guess. Mm. Um, uh, that, or, that's me Dave that you. Um, we don't have a penalty box so I can't miss it this week um, so <laughs> I think that is a wrap unless anybody else has anything for period 2 Nope. awesome and we'll move on to period 3 then period 3 then is our general knocky news uh, Noki News is where we get to talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that doesn't fit neatly into period one or period two. Um, guys, actually, I, I didn't do all the homework uh, in this period. Uh, Marty, you did throw something up there. Uh, we are, we're all, I don't want to say avid gamers, we're all occasional gamers here. Uh, and we're we're all guilty of buying the NHL games, but uh, there was a pretty cool update uh, this week to NHL 22. Yeah, um, it was just I, I, this came up, and I kind of wanted to add it on. Um, I do see myself as a bit of a gamer sometimes. Um, depends if if the certain games that I play are, are classified as classic gamer games, but uh, whatever. NHL is one of those games that I do um, purchase every year, and I do play every year. Um, although I haven't purchased this year's. Saying that. Uh, anyway, but yes, there was an update this week where they have EA Sports have announced that they have added women's ice hockey teams to its National Hockey League, so the NHL, um, so the game, sorry, itself. So the EA Sports have added the game. So they're adding 
agreement. The agreement has been made a license deal with International Ice Hockey Federation, so WIHF, uh, to include uh, the men's and women's national sides um, to represent the World Championships. So they have been added, and it is a update um, that will update the obviously the lines and the and the teams. So uh, it it is introducing the women's national teams to the NH- NHL twenty twenty two for the very first time. So this will be an interesting one. Um, it will feature women's teams for the first time. Um, obviously as the game starts, you know, as we we talked about it before, you know, obviously with the rebranding of the women's game and stuff in the in the America, you know, maybe we see come up come uh, the next NHL game which will be released again next September. Maybe we will see a further development with uh, more and a female NHL t- or f- female teams added to the rosters um, as we move forward. So it's a it's a good step, um, positive one. And 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 yeah, as I say, I think my my guess is um, when we hit next year's release, we will have um, a, a female league maybe within that within the game, and maybe the option to um, build your custom player as a female player rather than a male player. Don't yeah, know. definitely. I'd, I'd love to. See, I'd love to see the 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 PHL uh, the the Premiership Hockey League uh, added into that. Uh, it's probably something that's been needed for a, a few seasons now mm-hmm. um especially when the uh the women's nhl was going uh there's probably no reason not to add them in um but it's it's good to see that movement's finally been made um i did actually notice uh talking about this i did see this separately and i saw the IHF stuff and it's the first time ever that uh whereas previously you could play as say for example gb it was a very um basic jersey that you could put on with it basically just had the union jack on it um whereas now it's actually the the official licensed double ihf team gb jersey so mm-hmm. it has all the detailing like yep. down the sleeves and things nice. that the actual jersey has so that that's pretty cool for the first time that those national teams are getting uh, those proper licensed jerseys. I, d- I did wonder, obviously, with this licensing agreement and this licensing change with the WIHF, I did wonder then if that meant that, um, obviously, up until like you know this game, I as I say, I haven't got it yet, and I don't I obviously, um, so I won't know. But um, I wonder if the agreement also means that the 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 national teams will be have the official names because it's always been like you know like if they have like Team GB, you know. Michael Smith or you know Jack Jones, Jones you know and it's that yeah. like there's no names Michael like, Smith is an amazing player what are you talking about <laughs> but you know what I mean like f- fake names like fluke players and so I don't know if the, if the, uh, it'd be interesting to see if they ever get to the point where they they add the real team GB names the actual rosters like, yeah the rosters yeah 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 It'd be, it would definitely be good to see that. Uh, but I suppose that's now down onto the double IHF to provide all that to EA I would imagine um uh, every every year uh, for as long as this agreement lasts so yeah it'll definitely be good to see mm-hmm. um, guys anything else to add on that nope, nope. Awesome. right nope. cool we'll, uh, we'll batter on then um, guys I, I noticed uh, a really cool uh, story this week on the NHL's website um, this was the story of um, young Mia Wilson a fifth grader um, from the New York area massive Islanders fan um, she entered a competition um, about how to change the game up and make it more accessible for everyone. And she noticed a major issue that when she was going to games, be them uh, Islanders games or be them uh, elsewhere, that when the puck went into the corners, she struggled to see it. And she's not the only one. Like we, even where we sit in the SSE, if it goes into the the corner quite close to us uh, or the, the far away the post well. corner. Uh, just behind the net we don't really know what's going on there we can't really see the puck that well 
and she came up with something that sounds so incredibly simple, yet so incredibly intelligent that why nobody ever thought of it. It's the sort of thing that only a kid would tell you, and it makes perfect sense. Make them transparent. Make them transparent so that you can see everything, the whole ice surface, from no matter where you are on the ice. And to this, this is part of um, the NHL's uh, 2020 Future Goals Virtual Science Fair, uh, which was presented by the TV uh, channel over in North America called SAP, which is a um, sort of science and political um, sort of type channel. But it's sponsored through um, the STEM, the Science, Technology, Engineering and Maths uh, program that's um, sort of part funded through the NHL uh, and the NHL Players Association's Future Goals program. Um, and she won third place for coming up with this idea, putting her, her point across, putting her... Uh, her ideas forward and she came in third place and to be honest it's it's absolutely brilliant it includes the transparent uh, boards on the corners specifically uh, not all of them because even as a, a fifth grader even as a 10 year old she understands that advertising boards are important for the game hmm. um, but the corners in particular and the penalty boxes and the timekeepers box should be see-through so that you can actually see as much of the ice as possible like i said it, it's it seems like a no-brainer I'm glad that she brought, as you say, she's only done the corners. Well, not that I'm glad, but you brought up a point in my head I was going to ask. I was like, well, what about the advertising? They make a huge amount of revenue on advertising. But aren't aren't they digital anyway? Aren't they? Like, some of them some of them, some of them are on, now are they? On, on NHL. On yeah, NHL. Yeah, not, not the SSE, man. No, but like, oh, I know no, that. No. Like our our boards the, are bad enough. <laughs> in the when you watch the wild games, the the actual boards themselves are just they're like one ad, but they're all one color. Um, so it's like all green text, and then the like whatever it is with ESPN, then just overlay ads on top of it um, oh. as the game plays. Oh right. Okay. Um, and it looks like they're real. Looks like they're proper digital boards. Look. Like, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I was wondering, like, like, even if they did make it all transparent the whole way around, would they still be able to do something like that for the for the TV where the mm. adverts are still digitally placed yep. on top? So look, but that's class. Imagine sitting that, on that row. Imagine sitting like... there. <laughs> uh, well, I was I was about to say this. This is obviously from a girl. It says here she obviously thought about it when she's at her her brother's games or whatever. Don't know if it was NHL games. Don't know if it was uh, if she's talking about like. You know, no. if, so I'm guessing it's kids' games. But I was thinking to myself, well, because you know, if she's sitting in those seats in an NHL game, it must be worth some money. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, she came; she got third place now. So if she's going to Isles games, then she absolutely needs to be getting uh, front row seats at uh, at Nassau now that they've uh, now that they've moved to Nassau out of the Coliseum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fair play, well done, Maya uh, or Mia. Sorry, not Maya. Uh, well done, Mia, um, and fantastic work on that. Can't wait to see what you come up with next to improve the game. Um, guys, I'm going to move on to uh, something that was a bit weird. I I came across this one and I I put this into our group chat uh, just after last weekend. Um, this was the story coming out of um, Sioux Falls, the Sioux Falls Stampede. The Sioux Falls Stampede, along with one of their sponsors, the local bank, decided to host an, an event for the benefit of local schools. And you think to yourself, fantastic. Absolutely love it when oh, uh, when teams yeah. get, get involved and sort of do something good for their local communities. This was a little bit weird, though. So they gave local schools the chance to raise money for school supplies um, for their classroom. Um 
32 teams or 32 sorry um, teachers applied um, of which 10 were selected at random to take part in an event on the ice on the night in question $5,000 in single dollar bills was spread out across a piece of weirdly cut carpet on the ice the 10 teachers that were selected were then asked to scramble on their hands and knees and put as much money down their shirts or in their pockets as they could and they would get to keep that. Um, this video then was put out across um, social media and immediately caused a bit of a reaction. Um, it's then led the following day uh, to the team to come out and apologise and say that their uh, Dash for Cash event had missed the mark um, and that every school all 32 schools and teachers who had applied for this would be receiving uh 500 uh, because 21 of them were going to receive absolutely nothing but the ones who were seen begging for scraps on the ground uh would also receive their their fair share everyone would be topped out to i think a thousand dollars um so that there was a, a level playing field guys you all saw the video i shared it with you a few days ago i mean Aaron, what's what's your thought on this? You can kind of always trying to see the good, the the brighter side of it. You can kind of see what they were trying to do. They were, I think, they were trying to do something nice, but no, uh, as you said, they've completely missed the mark. If they're going to do something, make make a game of it. Not not scrounging for cash on on the on the floor, you know. I I even do what the Giants do uh, mid games and have a bit of a ice hockey game, and then as as you say, at the end everyone gets cash. You know, we're we're here to fund schools, we're here to fund education, but it's not a bad thing to have. You know, get the teachers involved and and have it that teachers come out, get involved with the game, get young young people involved in in ice hockey because their teachers are there and their schools are there. But just fund the schools. Don't make the the teachers run on the floor, scrap on the floor to lift dollar bills. Yeah, and I think this was the this was the big thing as well. The fact that and it connected with us a little bit as well because it was on an ice hockey rink. And to me, the biggest thing about it was what part of that has anything to do with ice hockey, really? Um, Dave, like you, you obviously like Aaron, you've got kids in school um if you saw your kids teachers having to scramble on their hands and knees for money for school supplies like what, what would you be thinking it, it, the whole thing is just it's like something out of a dystopian movie you know it's like uh you know oh, it's orwellian the Thunder, or the thunderdome you know of having <laughs> mad max you know they're just throwing cash and you grab it and you run you know it, it just all just seems so surreal um, and I watched it, and I was like, uh, watching the video, going, what the heck is this? I thought it was like a parody or something. I thought someone was going to, yeah. you know, it was just going to turn into something. And then I was like, no, no, this is real. Somebody thought this was a, a you know, smashing idea, getting them crawling all fours, lifting dollar bills, you know. it's uh, And I, I do agree with Aaron. You know, their heart was in the right place in the sense of giving money out to the community. But the, the execution was as far from right as possible. Like, it's yeah. they, they just missed the mark completely. Um but hey, that's uh, the the crazy thing is like this. It's got to the point now where it was on BBC News and um, yeah. and everything, and obviously that's you know getting getting ice hockey into the news everywhere, but still not for the yeah, right exactly. reasons. 
Um, so the, the, the they team, turned the it team... around and give the five hundred dollars though. It's it's good that they went. You know what? Right. Well, they had to do something. Up. You know. Yeah, they had. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, look, the the team were out. Maybe not the next day, but within sort of twenty four, thirty six hours uh, of this. I mean, realistically, it's the it went viral online and it was picked up, like you said, Dave, by the BBC News, for example. It was picked up globally. The team came out and uh, said that we can see how it appears to be degrading and insulting towards the participating teachers and the teaching profession as a whole. We deeply regret and apologise to all teachers for any embarrassment this may have caused. Marty, I mean, if this was here in Belfast, I can only assume that or the damage that this would do to the organisation as a whole. Um, if you were in the, the Sioux Falls Stampede fan base's shoes, um, what would you be thinking about your team right now for letting that go ahead? Again, I I suppose playing devil's advocate, I am like from my point of view, I can see where I think, and Aaron kind of mentioned this too. I can see where they were tr- what they were trying to do. They were trying to do a trying to do a bit of a fun activity, you know. We've had, we've heard before we've had we've heard suggestions here in the UK of like we've heard like certain GMs come up with really wacky ideas for games during you know period breaks and stuff and, and some of them maybe have hit the mark some of them have been a bit like let's not do that but it's one of those ones where you can see where the, what they're trying to do I, it it stems for it's a, it's a, it's a system system issue it's a systematical issue in America where obviously I've got friends I've got a couple of friends in America who are teachers. And I know how difficult they have it there in terms of they're always constantly trying to spend their own money, trying to get money, raise money to pay for art supplies, pay for paper, pay for paint. Just really ridiculous. Things that we take for granted here in the UK because our, we get, we have relatively okay funding. We still got poor funding, but it's still, it's relatively, it's still better than what obviously the Americans are experiencing. But and I see where, you know, they obviously they started off and they were like, oh, it's a great idea. Let's get in, you know, there's money and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's not, it's not great. It's, <laughs> I think it, it, it got a lot worse because, and I, it, I, I don't know. Obviously, I don't, I'm not, a, I wasn't one of those teachers on the ice at the time picking up that money. They maybe thought at the time, you know what, it's just a bit of fun. We're just, you know, it's a bit of extra money we can bring in and I can use it for, you know, my, my winter boards or, you know, like those sorts of things. But I, I guess, I, I guess, you know, from that point of view of, uh, you know, the teachers probably at the time probably thought maybe it was okay until it got such bad backlash in social on social media and through news channels and because oh mostly social media, it was picked up on social media and people were like, Oh, this is so derogatory. It's like something out of squid games. And then it kind of you kind of think to yourself, Yeah, it doesn't look good when you put it that way. It really doesn't look good. So yeah, again, yeah, you, you probably wouldn't be looking back, it's probably like, No, no, that's yeah, just it shouldn't have yeah, it shouldn't have been done. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those examples of something that looks like a good idea at the time, but with hindsight, you need to think a little bit harder about the events that you're putting on at something like uh, a hockey hockey game. Yeah, what would you do instead? Just out, just out, out of interest, what 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 would you do, or what would we do? Is it differently for you? Could quite you could do something really simple that's done at almost every hockey intermission anywhere, and you shoot the puck. Yeah. Why? Why rein? Why reinvent anything like that? Yeah, you mm. could have the whole twenty-one teachers could have done some sort yeah. of version of chuck a puck or something like that to closest to center ice or whatever. There's there's any number of different ones. I mean, don't get me wrong; they're not going to build a fake burrito on the ice like I had to do a few years ago. 
um, for something like a ten pound Bujum voucher. Um, or, or drive photos a go-kart. of that are photos of that are still terrible. No, don't. Uh, the go kart was good, and I eventually got my jersey. I've got I've got to give Marky's kudos for that. I eventually got my jersey. Um, but yeah, there there's any so, number of different ways you can do this. Is it is it more about the the fact that they're scrambling on the ground rather yeah. than? Not just you know, you've got you've got like they're lifting up scraps, you know. It's like it's yeah, you know. It's you've got ten. You've got ten people. Not just and the whole thing is that they're not all walking away with five hundred dollars. Uh, there was a huge difference in the money that was collected by each. I saw a breakdown of it on uh, social media. Uh, I think the the person who got the most managed to grab something like six or seven hundred dollars. Um, the person who had the least had only about three hundred dollars. So it was down to and granted, like that, if it's a game like that and you're doing it like that, then that's fine. But where the whole dystopian end comes in is you're actually talking about educating that area's children. Like that, yeah. that's that's where the biggest problem comes in. If this was a five hundred dollar competition for these 10 people off the street or in the stands absolutely probably no problem but when you link it to the education of children that's the bigger problem well this, this is where this is where my point was like if it's if it's just the fact that they're on the ground yeah i think that's creepy hurt. personally you've got teacher you've got no, teachers it, begging it's, for money it, it's it's terrible again bad but if you were to do um <laughs> bad let's clarify this but if you were this is how you, you explained were, it to your son wasn't it Bad. Bad. <laughs> Don't do um, this when you're a GM of a no, hockey team. Exactly. Um, but by having a game where it's just you know shoot the puck into the net, um, and you done had the same you know ten ten teachers, and they they walked away with different values, you know just, you know one teacher got three goals in, one teacher got no goals in. Then do they do that? Does that teacher with no goals walk around? You do. You money? do something really simple. That they start off with a hundred dollars, no matter what. And yeah, for um, every puck that they get in the goal, they get another hundred dollars, up to five hundred dollars. And because it's te- teachers as well, I think that there had to have, there had to have been something just to give them when they got there. Um, it's not just a normal game day um, thing. Um, it's the the fact that it's teachers. It's like having it would be like having three charities standing there. And you're saying, ah, well, your your charity's not good enough to get anything because you couldn't uh, scrape enough off the floor or yep. couldn't hit the puck hard enough. It, it's yeah. it, it's because it's you know it's not just the plonker on the street. It's it's teachers. That, like and it's, that's that's the biggest problem is because it's put forward as uh, we are we are funding education in the the Sioux Falls area. Are you though when you're making them pick money up off the ground? That's that's really derogatory. But still, I would still have the same issue if it was a group of four or five fans scraping the money off the floor. Yeah, yeah. I I I would do it differently. I would like you. This is now. This is in a world where new money's no. You'd have you'd have the kids do it. Let the kids earn their money. (laughs) But it would be that you know uh, you get to bring um, the teacher gets to bring their class to to watch the the game um, and. All the teachers. Let's like maybe you don't do it with 10, 10 teachers. You do it with you know four classes, right? And just for just for, for participating, they get that five hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, whatever it might be, right? That's it. But what the teachers are playing for is free pizza or something like that for the kids. You know the money's there, the education's there, the funding for the for what they need for supplies is there. But what the teachers and that's why the kids are cheering their teacher on because they're going to get free pizza or they're going to get uh you know the their 
their player's scarf, um, or something like that. That's how I would do it. Funding's there no matter what. Everyone walks away with the same amount of funding. What the teacher's pl playing for is just a bit more fun for the for the kids. The kids are going to get something out of it, and then they're cheering on like crazy. That's I what, think that's that's that's, that's not entertaining that's, to watch. Yeah, What's that's it, like, that's how, one how thing is that's separate. Dread? I think that's yeah. that's separate to what they were trying to do. What they were trying to do was fund education, not about having the fun night for the kids. And I think it's just fallen completely flat and it's not done what they yeah. wanted it to. Um, and look, in the age of social media, you get away with absolutely nothing. That's that's the reality of it. And I think on this occasion, I'm perfectly happy for this team and the sponsor to have been called out on this. There are times where I think it goes over the top and people get called out for things they shouldn't be. But I think this one, I think they're right to get called out. Guys, I'm going to move us on because I think we could spend all night talking the, the rights and wrongs about this one. And I've only got one more story for this one. Um, everyone who's anyone knows that we love a jersey. Um, and there was, I know that we've kind of, we talked about Halloween jerseys. We haven't really talked about Christmas jerseys because if I'm honest, like the Christmas jerseys around the Elite League especially are just nothing special. So I don't think we're even going to talk about them. However, there was one jersey since the last podcast that I thought needed special mention. And uh, it's the Vegas Golden Knights uh, Hispanic Heritage Knight jerseys. These are stunning jerseys. Um, guys, I, hopefully you've had a chance to have a look at them. Um, the, the link is there. I think they're absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any argument. These are beautiful. Yeah. They are so... I mean, I don't want to say that they're completely original because they're not. They're clearly just a Vegas jersey. Um, and they were a warm-up jersey as well. Um, just to be clear, the Knights didn't play an entire game in these because I think the NHL rules mean that they can't. Um, but as far as the design and everything goes, these are gorgeous. The design details the um sort of day of the dead skulls and everything that are in there as well the, the flower patterns on the golden leaf or the golden leaves the golden knights helmets um <laughs> is it's just gorgeous it's and i'll say this by far and away the best adidas nhl jersey i've seen uh since adidas took over the the jersey scene it's like a piece of art like the, the quality and the it work is. that they put into that that's not just like thrown together that's proper thoughts went into that yeah. um, the, and that looks gold know. rather than yellow like the like the Preds you know it's a proper <laughs> oh, the less said about Preds jerseys gold. the better we've all seen the stadium <laughs> series jersey let's just move on um, guys that takes us to the end of Noki News uh, and we move on to the star segment the star segment then is where each of us and our fans get the opportunity to throw something out there a player a goal something that happened on or off the ice that we think needs special um not recommendation that's the wrong word um recognition recognition that's the recognition. one recognition i've i've had a long week um guys last time around there were only three nominations uh, i did did put out the poll but only after you reminded me when we went out for a couple of um soda and limes on saturday night there Remember so, you put it up two or three times because you kept doing it wrong? I think I did, yeah. Um, so, don't tweet when drunk. <laughs> yeah, hashtag don't tweet drunk. Um, so, uh, Marty, you went with Nelson Rigo. Mm -hmm. uh, Dave, you went with Ryan Hartman. And I went with Jackson Whistle. And in no particular order, with 10% of the vote, we have Marty with Nelson Rigo. 
Uh, Dave, you got 30% of the vote with Ryan Hartman. And for anyone who can do maths, they will realise that I won with 60% of the vote this time around with Jackson Whistle. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. That is the repeat. Uh, guys, I've got to be honest. <laughs> the last couple of weeks, nice there star. hasn't. There we go. Yay. Yeah. Um, guys, I'm going to be honest. There's been nothing in the last couple of weeks that I have wanted to highlight in uh, the world of hockey, uh, really. Um, so I am not going to go for the three-peat. I am going to sit this one out this time around. Um, I am going to start with the fan nomination, if you don't mind. Um, serial uh, writer-inner Mark uh, has come back again. Um, and he, unsurprisingly, has gone with... Mark Andre Fleury, no longer of the parish of Pittsburgh, uh, who we know that Mark is of. Uh, currently, where's Mark now? I can't remember. What? Like where is he right Mark now? I have no idea. No, Mark Mark Andre Fleury, not Mark <laughs> our Mark. <laughs> I mean, our our Mark. He was in Glasgow, then he was in Edinburgh, and he seemed yeah. to be there for a long time. I saw that on social media. But Mark Andre Fleury, yeah. where did he go after Chicago. Vegas? Chicago, that's right. He's with the Blackhawks. Um, so Mark has gone with Mark um, because uh, Fleury has just become the third uh, NHL goalie in history to hit 500 wins, career wins. So, yeah, no no slouch there. And I can absolutely see why he's gone with, with Mark andre um, Aaron, I'm going to come to you next because I'm going to sure. give the other two a potential time to panic and come up with something. Um, <laughs> you can so see them typing away. I can, I can. So, Aaron, uh, I'm going to come to you. Yeah, so I'm, uh, similar to Mark, I'm sticking to the NHL. Um, it's maybe not as uh, big of a, an event like 500 wins for, for a goalie, but for me, it was big enough. It was uh, helping to break the Flyers' uh, bad luck um uh, streak and it's for uh, Cam Atkinson um, on the last game there uh, against the Devils we won 6-1 he scored a lovely hat-trick so, and, and one assist so like what a man what a legend you know get, getting the hat-trick and, a, and a, an assist uh, and you know some of them were some of them were very very nice uh, uh, goals as one of them was was, was alright but the, the other two were, were, were quite nice so if you get a chance, get on there, watch the highlights of that game. Hadrick's always good, and we assist. Definitely. Okay, that's fine. Um, Marty, I'm going to come over to you. Have you got a nomination this time around? I don't. I could just, um, but it would be cheating because I've already nominated this guy once this year, and I won with this guy this year already. Um, I would have went with Scott Conway again, um, mainly because he, this past weekend, Harry this past weekend at the game and just the performance has been I think we've talked about it you know he's been a constant like key player for the Giants but that would just be cheating because I know I'd win again um so instead of putting in a second <laughs> a second putting in a second nomination for a sec for the second or putting in the same person for the second time I think I will just do the same as you John and just buy out this week Okay, and uh, Dave, uh, I think I know the way that this is going here and it's going to be close to a two-horse race, but uh, have you no, got a nomination this time around? I do have one. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Cam Talbert um, making the All-Star game um, for for the Minnesota Wilds um, and probably one of the league leader leading netminders this season. Um, sort of a bit of out of nowhere um, and deserves a wee bit of recognition, I think. Um, so that is my pick. 
I okay, like that very good. everyone's gone for the NHL because kind of as Murray says, with these games, if you if you stick to the local guys, you're more than likely to to vote for the local guys, and this is all three uh, NHLers. I think that's yeah, there's going to be a lot of our listeners going Cam Talbot. Cam Talbot, Cam Atkinson. Fury, I've heard of the I've heard the term Fury. I'll vote for that. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Then this time around, we have three nominations uh, from the fan nomination. We have Mark Andre Fleury, um, Aaron's is Cam Atkinson, and Dave's is Cam Talbot. Um, Marty, that then takes us to overtime. So our overtime segment is just our last segment. Uh, well, not our last segment because we have one more, but our, our segment where we just mop up any other stories that um, are out there or uh, we address anything from you guys who are listening in um, and we bring in anything that you guys maybe have suggested. We have one piece for um, this week's um, overtime segment and it's just a wee bit of a follow-up just from, um, again, Mark, who put through the fan um put through his fan his fan um of the week or sorry his star of the week he also came back to us we had talked about and if you guys remember cast your minds back to our last episode we talked about the purchase of the um the penguins um by fsg um obviously taking over the, the key ownership of the team um however with that we have ron burkle and we still have mario lemieux still holding on to five percent of the ownership of the team each um so we had to set about obviously we could set from a point of view in terms of what we've seen and what we read but what was the fans opinion on if this was a good move was it a good thing that happened so mark has came back um as we asked and has just said that um from his point of view as a, as a penguins fan as we know um that he and he knows from seeing others talk about that they're delighted about takeover they're happy to see that mario and ron are still involved as it continues the the legacy and the history of the team over 40 years or so now um so it's a massive thing obviously to keep there um i suppose what they, the big thing about it is moving forward that there's a solid financial backing solid plan moving forward for the team it gives them a bit of a i suppose a strong a strong movement going forward where previously there's been maybe some concerns about bankruptcy and then concerns about whether or not like two play two people can hold the team financially um so i guess this behind this it kind of obviously helps with that sort of thing i, I guess one of the big things about it is um obviously covid related issues um you know obviously that played a massive impact as well financially as well as you know things like the for the first time ever in 14 years the gate was down in terms of like less people coming through you know so suppose from his point of view is that um the, the biggest thing is probably the financial security um and and i suppose for them that's one of the biggest parts of it and one of the strongest parts so hopefully i've done that justice and that answers kind of what and what mark has given us but yeah i think an interesting one as well that he says you talked about the, the drop in the gate as well I didn't realize that it was a 14 year sellout streak that they had for all games was broken uh, yeah. just there recently so that's the the whole thing is there are a waning of interest because they haven't really been contenders um, and the mm. fact that this financial backing you've got the likes of Sid uh, and Mark makes the point that Sid is one of a few names there that are in the twilight years of their career and with this financial backing does that make a rebuild less painful um, and does it make it shorter potentially uh, than a lot of other teams uh, when they do their rebuild um, and yeah you you can't argue if you've got deep pockets and you can continue to pay guys and field uh, or ice a team that's on the cap 
meanwhile you're still paying out salaries to team or players that you've put down to the lower minor leagues or uh, players that you've put out on waivers and you're continuing to pay some of their salary then yeah having that money available makes a, a makes things a lot easier indeed yeah. and it's great it's, it's great that my you still and, and, and others are, are still part of it like that's fan favorites like and you, you yep. want to keep them and keep them guys in there and i i should probably also apologize properly um so i think when we talked about it last time i insinuated that mark was a liverpool fan um and like i said on uh, twitter um mark you're just guilty by association with campbell that's that's all it is so sorry about that mate <laughs> uh, yeah indeed we did you did make that um we did have a conversation um and i think um, was that through twitter as well i think it was yeah. um guys that's it um nothing else in our overtime segment for this week we have one segment left which is uh, obviously one of our favorite segments and we can't finish the episode without doing this segment and that is of course our abcs of hockey This feels strange. I can actually show you the book. Oh, oh my God. Copyright. Can he do that? <laughs> Hide it. <laughs> it's blur- it actually is blurred out, to be fair. Hashtag not an ad. Not an ad. Not an ad for uh, ABC's Vopi or whatever. No, no free ads on this podcast. No, not yet. If you want to sponsor us, though, we'll take a look. Absolutely. We'll, we'll drop an ad if you want to sponsor us. Show us some green. We're happy to sell beer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this week we are on the letter Q. We'll, we'll, I'll keep this short because I think we're on the we're over the two-hour mark now. So <laughs> so, um, what do you think, guys? Q's is a difficult one. I had one guess for this when I knew it was Q coming up, and I've already said it tonight. I can only think of Quebec. Yeah, that would be... Quebec Nordiques. Yeah, my guess would have been Quebec as well. It's the only thing I could think of. Yes, you're absolutely right. John, you mentioned Quebec. And Dave, you mentioned Quebec today as well. Um, so what it says in the book, let me just check my book here. Um, where's Q in the alphabet? <laughs> Towards the end. <laughs> Q is for Beck, uh, uh, Q is for Quebec. Where Les Canadiens uh, have won most cups, apparently. And I was like, really? I guess they have. When was your book written? <laughs> as in, sorry. Sorry? As in the Canadians or the Canadiens? Canadiens. Montreal, Canadiens. So the Habs, the Habs have won more cups in Quebec than any. What? Yeah. Or are the Nordiques the most successful? Because they can't be. That would be the Leafs. You should tell me what the book says. Leave him alone. This is what the book says. It's, it's one sentence that the book has given me. <laughs> I'm really confused, and I totally understand that this is a, kid, a book for kids, but yeah. I am going to have to now go and look this up later on. Yeah. Yeah, no, the Canadians uh, have won the most cups in Quebec, apparently. There you go. Well, I, did, the- I did try to do... <laughs> I tried to maybe it's list uh, no it's as in the state quebec okay i now get it yeah. because montreal is in quebec okay mm-hmm. right it's not about the quebec not Nordiques. The, not it's the about city. it's about the state of quebec okay yeah. right so the most successful in quebec okay yeah yep. that, uh, let's be honest uh i think q was probably one of those letters whenever they were writing the book they were like 
they got the they were like oh this is gonna be what great this is a great idea and then they got the queue and they were like uh oh, oh, oh has the okay. queen ever um, been to a game uh, yeah exactly they're like oh so they just grabbed they were just like reaching like for anything and they was like yeah let's just put yeah quebec yeah what should we write about it yeah let's just write montreal and quebec are the best team you know it's just like it's clearly that's what it's it like. have yep. is it montreal is to have the the big picture of the queen wasn't it Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because obviously it was, um, you know, obviously it was part of the the Commonwealth. Um, still is. Um, but yeah, they had the que- they had the portrait of the Queen. I think it was in one of those documentaries we watched. Um, John, I think whenever we lived together, remember we watched that the, the hockey documentary that yep. was like a seven or eight part documentary. I've still got it somewhere. And I think there was like a forty foot high portrait, of, portrait the of the Queen hanging up yeah. in the arena. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. I can yeah. confirm that when I went to uh, Canada that one time. Um, uh, it was not there anymore. Great, thanks, John. <laughs> so, did you actually you actually went to the, the, the that arena? Yeah, I went to um, the uh, the Habs uh, arena, which is now escaping me what it was called. Don't ask me. It'll come back to me as soon as we finish the podcast. But yeah, I I went there, the Bell Center. Bell Center. I went. I went oh, to yes, the Bell yes. Center. Good job. Right. Nice. I think that's it. So that's well done for the letter Q. Um, next time we'll be here. Funny enough, it's going to be the letter R. So start put your thinking hats on now. Will do. Can you believe that we're near? Like when we started this, you know what? Two or three years ago, we're now on the letter R. We're gonna to have to think of another thing soon. I know we're gonna to to think of the next segment. So get your thinking caps on for the next segment for next season because we should be able to finish by the end of this season. Um, okay, guys, um, that takes us to the end of this week's show, and it has been a long one. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so fair play to you if you've listened to the full way to this point, because yeah, maybe just do it in chunks. <laughs> it's probably better send it at the start yeah. to do it in chunks. There's no point in it now at the end to do it in chunks. Anyway, um, but thanks for listening as usual. Um, and if you've liked what you've heard, please uh, leave us a like. Uh, and subscribe to our podcast as many places as you can um leave us a review if you feel that you would like to do that uh five stars please that'd be great um with that um you can check out our previous podcast episodes on all major streaming uh services as well as smart speakers and our own website door14hockey.com uh get involved check uh, check in with us and um, get become part of the conversation let us know your thoughts and feelings about art the stories we talk about now topics in the future give us your your star segment suggestions uh, and you can reach us at any uh, social media out channel through either instagram facebook or twitter at door 14 hockey uh, and with that i think that takes us to the end of this week's show so i'm marty i'm dave i'm john i'm Art. have a great week <laughs> <laughs>